episode 48. That's right. We're getting well into midlife now. Like, yeah. it's time to uh, put some racing stripes on this bitch and uh, yeah. get a leather jacket and all that kind of good jazz. Take the top down. Yep. yep. Yeah. Doesn't usually take much to get me to take my top down anyway. Nope. Nope. <laughs> it might take a little bit more. more. We've got some sort of depressing news to open up with. So. Yeah, so we're going to open up the show with our State of the Beer Union address. Um, so as most of you know, this this podcast originates out of the state of Oregon, in the Willamette Valley specifically. Um, and one of the mainstays of our show is we drink beer. Yeah. Like copious amounts of, of it. Yes. Um, A safe and responsible amount. Because we don't want to limp away from this wreck. No. But... Um, one of the mainstays in our in our repertoire of beer is um, a brewery called Hot Valley. Mm-hmm. Um, they make delicious IPAs. In fact, they make four IPAs that I could name like right now. Yeah, Alpha Centauri is one of my faves. Uh, what was the other? That's one? That's the Imperial IPA. Then yeah. there's the um, Alpha Delic, which is their their Alpha Delic's amazing. Citrus Mistress, also amazing. That's what we had last week. And Proxima. Yeah, Proxima is really good too. Yep, they're all good. Damn. Um, so here's the thing though, um, is that it was recently announced, uh, like within days ago, that uh, Miller Coors actually purchased a controlling interest in their in their company. Uh, anybody who knows me knows that I don't like when big beer interferes in little beer's goings on and tends to really make me angry. Here's the thing: Coors has been pretty benign as far as larger beer companies go. They tend to not um, interfere in the day to day operations. Of things, and uh, to my knowledge, they don't tend to litigate small businesses out of business if they don't b- sell out. <laughs> InBev. <coughs> yeah. InBev. So, yeah. we've reached a crossroads, ladies and gentlemen, um, because I'm, I, I, my, my, my gut instinct is like, no, you can't buy it because it's big beer now, but like, but I the can't quit beer you. drinker in I me. I can't quit you. Yeah. yeah, I'm just like, but it's so good. Yeah. Uh, this is rough. I mean, we were talking about this a little bit before the show, and I, for my part of this, I'll say that like as long as they don't fuck it up, like I'll be fine. Like the other thing that's probably a little bit more controversial on this uh, in this is that I still buy Elysian. Uh, I still really like Elysian, even though that's an InBev product, I believe. I believe it's Elysian. Elysian? Yes. No, it's uh, from Elysia. It's the Elysian Fields. The Elysian Fields. Ah, fuck. Whatever. <laughs> the beer tastes good, whether I pronounced it right or not. Um. See, that's my thing, too. And I've been really, really, really hardcore um, true to not buying InBev products. Yeah, I will say I cut back. Like, there's a lot of times when I look and I see I see the illusion and I pass by it because it's like, well, you know, I have some morals. They're little, but yeah, they're there. My big thing is Elysian makes several pumpkin beers in the fall. And, yeah. like, a fucking schoolgirl at a starbucks in september like i'm all over pumpkin flavored beer <laughs> you put on your uggs and your your uh, leggings and yeah 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 i'm like could you just could you just put alcohol in a pumpkin spice latte and then yeah. i buy it more <laughs> an irish pumpkin spice latte yeah yeah i'm on board but um i but i haven't bought any in like two years yeah see i don't know um i don't i don't buy it very often but like i am a sucker for the bifrost every now and then like they're that's the, I think their winter 
They're that was really one warm. of my first Elysian beers, actually, was the and, Bifrost, uh, it was delicious. the Super Fuzz, too. I recently had uh, the Super Fuzz, and that's really good, too. Is that too. the blood orange one? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, super tasty. See, I know, I know my Elysian beers. I just... You just can't. Yeah, it's fine. I, I, I'm actually kind of... Uh, I, I look up to you in this regard, because I'm like, well, I shouldn't support InBev, because they're a bad company, and blah, blah, blah. But then it's like, but it's delicious. Dude, here's the thing. My hatred for InBev slash Budweiser is such that when I watch the first Star Trek movie, I get angry anytime they show like main engineering because that's a Budweiser brewery. Oh, really? Yeah, like 100% a <laughs> Budweiser brewery. That's amazing. Yeah. See, that's funny because, uh, you know, speaking of, you know, pop culture references, I was watching Sons the other the other day. Well, this is probably a couple of weeks ago, and I tweeted, like, the only thing, the least believable thing about that show to me is that the, the club drinks uh, Budweiser, like, as their mainstay. Like, it's either brown liquor or Budweiser, uh, and it's like, no, they wouldn't, nobody would, you know, like they can afford it. They would get the good beer, you know, yeah. a lot of those old bikers though, they don't give a shit. That's true. I don't know. I mean, if it's just like, if you're using it in place of water, maybe. Yeah. We're not going to talk about suns tonight. No, unfortunately, because I did not watch season three of this last week. Instead, I read a shitload of comic books, oh, which yeah. we'll we're, lead to at the end of the we show. We're going to talk about some comic books, folks. There are so many comic books on the docket for this evening. So. So anyway, that is the state of our beer union. Um, I'm not going to tell people what to do or what not to do. It's up to you guys to decide if you're, you know, actually there is, that is a potential positive that comes out of this. Like if uh, they maintain the quality of the beer that they've had so far and Hot Valley doesn't really change, you know, that respect, they do have the potential to have a lot larger distribution. So that that's actually reason number one, why they cited as, as far as, as doing it. And yeah, because number one beer out there. Coors did not actually buy the entire brewery either. Like it's not wholly owned by Miller Coors. Like it's they just own controlling interest in it now. Um, which I mean, yeah, it still gives them controlling interest, but it yeah. is still part owned by the original owners, and the head brewer is staying on as a brewer. Things like that are all operating day to day, and it's actually not. It's a subsidiary subsidiary of Miller Coors, um, that handles all their craft lines, um, Blue Moon specifically, because that's a big one. Yeah. A lot of people don't even know that's a Coors product. I don't think I knew until you told me. Um, yeah. And I would call that like, uh, that was probably in, in the wee early days when I started uh, my beer drinking. Uh, and Blue Moon's actually not bad, but I'd put that on the lighter end of the um, craft spectrum. You know, like yeah. I, I, I typically find like the smaller, the smaller, well, that's not, not always true, but the good smaller breweries just have a little bit more flavorful uh, beer than that. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's not, it's not so bad that I'm like, oh God, you know, like. The only thing I'll drink, uh, you know, as far as like the the uh, mainstay domestics like uh, Budweiser, Miller, Coors, etc., is I will have Coors, regular Coors, like if I'm just mowing the lawn or some shit like that. Like that's pretty much the only acceptable case. And it's like, well, I want to have a little buzz to go in because this is bullshit work, uh, but I also need the sustenance of water, you know, like the thirst refreshing taste thing. So I drink PBR if I'm PBR is also if I have to drive a lot. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that is also the other acceptable beer uh, or the, the other acceptable time for PBR is like if I'm doing a whole bunch of yard work or something that day whatever ratio does not condone drinking and driving folks no we don't don't do that <laughs> um, 
but yeah, so I mean, if if they can maintain the quality, which is a big if, uh, but if they maintain the quality and really stick with their guns, uh, it, this could potentially you know get Hot Valley out there to a lot more places. Like, yeah. it, it's uh, it feels a little bit bad hogging all these uh, amazing breweries to ourselves here in Oregon. Um, and that's the the other you know positive side of this coin is if Hot Valley totally sells out and makes shitty beer now, there's like ten or twenty other you know small crafts that I can drink around here. So yeah. Um, It'll be a loss, but it won't be that devastating. One that we don't talk about a ton is Deschutes out of Bend. Yeah, Deschutes is really good. And they're huge now, but they have not sold, and their distribution is getting farther and farther east. Yeah. Like, they're they're in multi-state distribution now, so, I mean, you can do it. It just takes a lot of work. I mean, those guys have been around since 85, I think. Yeah. They, 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 um, yeah, they still make really good beer though, and I think mm-hmm. that's probably why they're able to do it. They, they've been around long enough. So well, they, that's the other thing. Like, I they've don't know. grown at a rate that was manageable. Yeah, you know what I mean. Um, this is this is my fear with Hot Valley, is they're, they're keeping the head brewer, they're keeping everything operating day to day. But if they want to distribute out of state and start distributing out of state, they are a good beer, and they are going to start selling more beer, and they're going to have to produce more than they're producing currently, which means they have to open up a secondary site. Yeah. Or worse comes to worse, you end up with a, a, a brew share like the Craft Brew Alliance has where sometimes Woodmere is brewing Kona, sometimes they're brewing Woodmere, sometimes they're brewing Red Hook, whatever. I mean, mm-hmm. um, and I don't think you keep the quality when you're doing that because you have different guys doing it. Um, it's funny that you mentioned because those are all sort of... Um I think those are all still considered craft products, mostly mm-hmm. the Kona, the Red Hook, etc. Uh, but those are generally like ones that I probably won't buy. Like they're okay uh, every now and then, and and most of those I think are on like I know um, Red Hook especially is on the cheaper side for craft, but uh, not not on the tastier side of craft either. So here's, here's what you probably didn't know: hmm. the Craft Brew Alliance, thirty three percent owned by Inbev. Oh really? Yep. Wow grubby little bastard. I, I do my research, folks. <laughs> there, there, there's two things in this world we are serious about: beer and comic books. Yep. Yeah. Um. Okay. So anyway, that's the state of the beer union. Uh, you know, buy Hot Valley if you like it. Don't if you don't. Um. If you have a big thing against Miller Coors, I guess don't. Whatever. Um. You know, write us about it. Tell us your decision. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we want to hear what you think. Yeah. Uh, next up, we've got so much DC stuff to talk about, um, or at least a good amount of DC stuff. To we've talk got about. some DC stuff to talk about, and then we have some DC comic books to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, that is for sure the biggest. We're gonna deal with the stuff first, and we're gonna deal with Marvel stuff after that, and some other stuff. Yeah. Before we talk to comic books, we're gonna end the show with comic books. So, if you can't wait to listen to the comic books, um, too bad we'll, you have to. Yeah, we'll talk about it. There's no skip button on your phone. Yeah, don't don't skip it. Yeah. Because you never know how long we're going to talk about any given subject, so... <laughs> no. God, no. Um, all right, Watchmen. so... Watchmen. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Nerdist has an article that says, uh, uh, basically, when we... Or a rough timeline for when we're going to get the Watchmen DC uh, Rebirth connection. Um, so, if you haven't read Rebirth, uh, I strongly encourage you to do that. We're talking about the so DC universe... So good. I think universe, it's in, like, its fifth printing now. Yeah, the DC Universe Rebirth uh, title. That's the long... It, um, what is that? Eighty pages? I think it's sixty-four. Yeah, it's it's a long book, um, at least by today's standards. Yeah. Um, and it really is kind of given the backstory for how this whole rebirth event is coming about, and it reveals a connection to the Watchmen universe, which has previously been sort of untouched by the DC universe proper, um, in a very very interesting way. So, um, what we are all sitting here with bated breath, you know, I think a month or two in two months, 
two months now we're a couple months in yeah yeah two months in is what the hell is going on with that because i don't think we've seen any real major hints towards that in any of the books so far yeah and it turns out we might not uh <clears throat> dan uh ddo and jim lee the co-publishers over at D- dc basically started this whole rebirth uh project with a two-year plan in mind which means we're gonna get tiny bits and pieces every once in a while as we move toward i don't know if it's gonna be if i would call it a climax but we're gonna move toward um that knowing you know kind of where they connect into things um and i think this is smart because like you said watchmen had been previously untouched by anything um it was published under dc's um vertigo uh what at label i guess yeah for lack of a better term <clears throat> uh vertigo label and uh yeah nobody did anything with it i mean they made the watchmen they did the movie Minus the giant pussy monster at the end. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, come on. I'm all for... We saw enough Blue Dong. It seems like we should, you know, round I, that out. Yeah, I really think there was kind of a debate at the end. They're like, well, but if we do the big pussy monster at the end, we can't have we can't have the, blue, <laughs> the big blue wang. And Probably. Snyder's like, nope, we're doing the wang. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um... Yeah, so I, I'm fine with this. Like, it's going to be a nice slow burn on that, which I think is probably the best thing for it because you cannot really just throw these two properties together and not do some justice, especially to the Watchmen. Like, the Watchmen has been previously uh, nigh on but untouchable, and so if they're going to really adapt that work for this universe, I, they need to take their time with it and do a good job of it. So, yeah, yeah. The only thing they've done with the Watchmen, publishing wise, is they did a whole series of books about each individual character called Before the Watchmen. Mm-hmm. Um, and each each character had kind of like a mini series around it. I think there's something like thirty some odd books in it. Um, and I don't know what kind of reception it got. I haven't read them, so I I don't know. Same, no clue where it, where it where it went. But yeah, other than that, they I mean they've never mentioned the Watchmen in any any other property because they were separate universes completely. Yeah, and not separate universes like the multiverse, but like separate like you know completely. So we're finally getting that tie in together. So that's going to be interesting. Yeah. Anyway, next up on the uh, ticket tonight, we've got a... sad news. Sad news, yes. Well, possibly sad news, and I'll get to why it's possibly sad instead of just regular sad in just a second, but, uh, you know, for the... Everybody's getting impatient, so David Iyer, uh, one of the... I think he's one of the writers? Yeah, I think so. Uh, on the um, Suicide Squad movie and that whole universe is saying uh, definitively that the Joker is definitely not Jason Todd in this adaptation. And the reason I say possibly sad news is because um, it seems like they would want to deny that. Like, we've heard denials along these lines before that have been outright false. So right. um, it wouldn't surprise me at all if it turns out that that is actually true. But uh, it doesn't seem like this leaves a lot of wiggle room. So, Yeah, honestly, um, with the Suicide Squad, they've made some interesting decisions marketing-wise, like including Batman in the trailer. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't think I would have teased that at all. No, I would have left that alone. Because... Here's the deal. Even if you don't get as many people on opening night because of it. You know, in retrospect, though, they they did the same thing with Spider-Man. Like, that would have been, I think, a more powerful reveal had they not ever mentioned that it was going to happen. But we got a nice trailer with Spider-Man in it. So maybe DC's taking the Marvel movies are going to put asses in the seats regardless. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, it doesn't really make a difference. But I think that's a little bit of the thing with the Suicide Squad, too, is they've got to see, like, there's a Batman in the trailer so I can go see this movie. Right. But here's the deal. Word of mouth around the DC properties that they've done thus far has not been great. 
So you put the Suicide Squad out, and the people are going to go see it, are going to go see it anyway, and then they're going to be like, dude, Batman was in it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Let the word that spreads about this movie be positive, rather than, dude, what the fuck was Zack Snyder doing? Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's that's just where I would have gone with it. Um, I... See, I, I kind of miss those days. Like, I, I really wish that there were more things that I could just walk into and be completely surprised by. And so I wish they kind of would have left that alone because it would have been so much more impactful on the screen seeing it that way. And you know what? The fact is, I'm pretty sure this movie could have done without that in the trailer. Yeah. Well, like, and here's here's the thing. I was talking with a dude on our um, whatever Twitter page today. Word. Who had talked about... Um, Suicide Squad and whether the movie bombs if the movie bombs is it going to be the end of the DC extended universe as we know it and I re- I responded no Justice League is kind of going to be the measuring stick for that and yeah. he was like well I really kind of hope Wonder Woman is the measuring stick because it looks badass and I was like you know we're, we're totally on the same page we think it's gonna be badass but as far as whether or not the DC extended universe is done that's going to be on Justice League and I don't think there's any other way you can do it yeah, I'm pretty sure that's true too. Like, uh, uh, um, the Wonder Woman movie doesn't have to do amazing as long as it's passable. I think we'll be fine. Yeah. Uh, Justice League though, Justice League really needs to kind of be uh, not quite a home run, but pretty damn. Like, if they don't get a triple at least on the on uh, the Justice League, it's going to be really hard to justify continuing all of the lesser quote unquote characters. Look at you with your baseball vernacular. Yeah. <laughs> I know how to play the sports. I just don't know who is playing them today. Yeah. True. Um. So just. A shout out to to Dusty Haynes on Twitter, who is at Dusty Haynes. That's who I was talking to earlier. Yeah. Um. So yeah, not Jason Todd. He says, and in fact, he did call the rumor kind of crazy. So he's, he's either like, it's kind of crazy, and ah, like crazy, like the Joker. Yeah. yeah. Like, don't pay attention to that one. Uh, no, no, there's no man behind the curtain, or, or um, it's actually crazy, and that's definitely not uh, Jason Todd. Right. So, um, if so, that's going to be a little bit disappointing. But it, it, if nothing else, that leads to the possibility that we got a Red Hood in this universe. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. All right. Uh, also in DC, we got another look, or we got our first look, rather, at Tyler. Are we saying Hachlin? I think that's what we're going with. Sure. Tyler Hachlin, uh, the new Superman for CW Supergirl. Tyler Hachlin's oh. butthole. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Jesus. Um, so we got some first looks at Tyler Hitchlin as Superman um, in the in the cape in the tights, uh, and quite honestly, the the posters, the reveal, the official reveal poster. Uh, I think yeah, that's it. Looks kind of crabby to me. They made some interesting choices. I don't like it. And but they made um, his face look real long, and I don't think it really looks like that. No, it doesn't. And that's what I was gonna say. Don't pay too much attention to the. Um, uh, uh, it's like hipster soups. Yeah, don't pay too much attention to that particular photo because the, the uh, next thing with we're going to link in the show notes, which is like a behind the scenes well, shot, like is even Melissa Benoist in this picture in this promo pic is looking kind of weird. And like, no, she's still amazing. She, well, <laughs> that's the thing is like she doesn't really look like that. Like she's 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 no, a she cute looks, little girl. So yeah, she looks a little different. So I, I don't know. I think that whoever was in charge of Photoshop for that one got a little out of control. Yeah. See, that's better. Yeah. The, the, the behind the scenes pick, um, it is a little curl much better. Yep. The curl is there. That makes me happy. And that is definitely not the Brandon Routh suit. No, I kind of actually wish they would have stuck with the underwear, but they haven't been doing that for a while now. So it doesn't surprise me that they did. No, I think, I think DC as a, as an entity is kind of like, you know, let's not do the Madonna thing anymore. No, I think they're over that. Yeah. Yeah, but the costume doesn't look too bad. No. Um, 
and the he he looks he's, okay. He's skinny. You can yeah. you can see his ribs. No abs. It's, you can see ribs. It's it's a little tough because um, which I'm sure they'll fix in post. Cavill, you got Cavill is the guy you got to follow behind. And I got Cav- a monster. Yeah, Cavill has been without a doubt like the biggest Superman we've had. Uh, Christopher Reeve is probably second. Brandon Ruth was positively compa- tiny compared to Cavill. Christopher Reeves is like six four. Yeah, or was so. I mean, he was big I mean, dude. He's and- a big dude, but he just he doesn't have the mus- musculature. I mean, like it is a full time get- job getting the muscle on to do one of these roles these days. So, um, you know, the modern day the modern day superhero roles, even the skinny guys on the modern day superhero well, roles dude, for the, at, the movies are what ridiculous. Yeah, and he's a big guy anyway. Yep, just absolutely monster in the cape. So, yeah. um, it, same thing kind of with Cavill. I mean, just comparing you know the physique from Cavill to uh, Hachlin, like it's, it's kind of it, not fair. It's not. It's really not because uh, especially you know if you've got an actual shooting schedule to maintain on a TV show, it's, it leaves significantly less time for working out and stuff like that. So, yeah. Here's here's my ultimate fan theory hope. Mm. Tyler Hachlin is really bizarro. Oh, and Tom Welling comes back. That would be amazing. And he's like, "Hey, dude, I'm Soups." He does. Hachlin does have that sort of a third, uh, um, five o'clock shadow going on too. So, yeah. nice callback to Superman three. Three. There was no Bizarro. He was just evil Superman because of the yeah. kryptonite, the the, the yeah. artificially produced kryptonite by Richard yeah. Pryor. Because I know if I'm looking to develop a weapon that I can use against Superman, Richard Pryor's my man. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so anyway, um, I don't know. It's not like we weren't gonna watch the show anyway, but this looks pretty cool. Yeah, so, I'm gonna watch it totally. Yeah. I I dig Supergirl like that. Like it didn't start out that way, but no. these days I'm just like, yeah, okay, okay. I'm looking forward to new episodes. Yeah, me too. Um, and and you know I'm looking forward to how they deal with uh, Superman. Like I yeah. wonder if the, the like I I guess I should probably go check the IMDb at some point and see if he's gonna be in like 13 episodes or if he's gonna be in like two, but. Um, here's the deal IMDB or not IMDB but like production companies yeah have been really good about withholding some of that information from IMDB these days like um, uh, 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 Adam Driver wasn't actually credited in episode 8 yeah until well after episode 7 had released yeah so you don't know I mean yeah they're getting a lot better at that which is kind of for the best I think so all right, on to Marvel news. Uh, Bobby um, from Shield, uh, which is of course played by Adrian Pilecki, is not going to return to Shield anytime soon. Uh, at least not as a series regular, because she's off to do a Seth MacFarlane live action space dramedy for Fox. So, this is both happy and sad news for me because it is honestly, um, I I really dig Mockingbird on Agents of Shield. Like I was really sad. So did I. Yeah, I was sad when they took the angle that they did in season three. With kind of excommunicating her and and what's his face from the uh, yeah that hunter is that honestly it? felt pretty lame because it was kind of like uh, they can't come back they have to go do a spinoff now like it was that, it was see, like, but that's the thing I was kind of excited when I found out it was because they were going to do a spinoff with with those two like honestly those two have some of the best on screen TV chemistry on TV yeah with each other and so I was just like man that's that's gonna be badass if we if we get an hour of that every week like. I'm not sad. Yeah, totally. It'll it'll fucking definitely be less depressing than than the fucking um, Arrow finale. Simmons angle. Oh, that's a good point too. Yeah, <laughs> that keeps fucking just getting stretched out and pulled back and stretched out. Yeah. So, um, but that's not gonna happen. They um they didn't green light. I mean, yeah, 
That show got shit canned almost immediately. I'm not sure. If no, it, it wasn't worse for a while, and they just didn't move forward with it. Yeah. Uh, honestly, that doesn't surprise me. Like, I don't think that anybody on the cast is strong enough to support a, their own show at this point for I, for Shield. I think it's less that and more because um, of the the ongoing situation between Feige and the. No, that could be and, too. And um, what's his name? He's one of the best fucking comic writers I've ever read. Uh, you know, I know exactly. Jeff Loeb. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. I wanted to say Jeff Johns, but I knew that wasn't right, so I just shut my mouth. And yeah, it's low. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, we don't get Bobby Morse back, at least not in any kind of capacity that is going to satisfy our our Bobby Morse needs. Yeah, but I mean, the positive side here is I get to say Seth MacFarlane's live action space dramedy, and I can see this being this is this is going to be. I'm going to watch it. Yeah, oh, I'm totally going to watch it too, and it's either going to be great or completely terrible. I think, and and I think we're getting the show regardless of whether or not. Um, it's funny because according to this article that you posted, it says it's straight to series, which means they've already picked it up. Yeah. They haven't even shot a pilot yet. Uh, which it, in itself uh, is kind of amazing. Like yeah. that shows a great deal of confidence in the material that they've got on hand. So. Seth MacFarlane. So that, that could be too. I mean, Seth's just like, Hey, I'm going to go shit and you guys are going to film it. And then that's going to run for, you know, 20 episodes a week. Meanwhile, ABC is like got their printing presses ready and just money yeah. shooting out of it. Yep. They're like, sign us up. We're on board. Yeah. Yeah. Um, is it, was it ABC? No. Fox. 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 Yeah. yeah. Fox. Fox is on. It's really funny. I think they're still apologizing for canceling Family Guy the first time around. So they're just like, yeah, okay, Seth. You, you know what they hear. should apologize for? Uh-huh. Fucking Firefly, bitches. <laughs> yeah. Nathan uh, Filling's not working right now either. Come on, guys. Yeah. Get that shit together. I mean, is anybody else in a big enough project that they couldn't finally get the band back together on that one? I don't think so. I haven't seen Gina Torres in anything in forever. She's in something, actually. Jewel State. Jewel State, I don't think, is really busy. Uh, um, it would surprise me actually if, uh, God, what's her name? Anara. I, I mean, maybe I... she's doing Deadpool too. Yeah. But I mean, I'm just saying she could fit that into That's her Marina, schedule. Marina Baccarin. And yeah. she is gorgeous by the way. Yes. Just in case I didn't mention that. Yes. Um, it doesn't come up often enough really. No. no. Uh, Wash is, I don't know, still dead, I guess. Um, <laughs> poor Wash. <laughs> same, same thing with book. But again, we I think I've talked about this before on the show. Uh, they can retcon that. Like I'll be fine with it. And here's the thing: like, as a person, I can't stand fucking Adam Baldwin. But oh uh, yeah, Jane. But I would. Yeah. But I would love to see Jane back. Yeah, I like his character. Even yeah, if just, I think the dude that plays him is a douchebag. I, I honestly, for the first three days I followed him on Twitter, I thought he just really was a big fan of satire. And then I was like, nope. Nope, he's total asshole. Yeah, this is what he actually thinks. Holy God. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, uh, click, go away from that. Let's try not to have, you know, like, any more, you know, fan did you, favorites. Did you follow him during the Wheaton roll, the Wheaton war? Oh, I don't think so. Oh, yeah, he was he was calling Wheaton out bad, and Wheaton was just like, dude, come on, what are you, like, fucking four? Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, Yeah, I, I just, no, I followed him for like two or three days, and it's like, well, every tweet he says is kind of completely moronic or just total asshole, so... Uh, yeah, I just got out of there as quickly as I could. Like, eject. Anyway, um, that's enough about um, people who piss me off. Uh, so, what we should do now is pause. Yeah. And grab a beer. Yeah. All right. We are back with some more Marvel Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. news, um, and that is that we've got now the ability to see some uh, classic Inhumans in yeah. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. So it says Joss Whedon. Thunderbolt? Thunderbolt was the the thing that ju- sprung to my mind. Medusa, yeah. Let's bring it on. I don't bring know how on. you do Medusa on TV though. That's that's big budget hair right there. That is true. Yeah, 
It, um, but anyway, I'm excited because, uh, y- you know, actually, I'm excited and a little reticent because what this says to me now is, I don't know, we're getting a humans movie anytime soon. I don't think we are. I think that's been indefinitely postponed, I, I, I which think, I think is too bad. I think that's probably why they're suddenly available for uh, S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah. I think um, it's another Feige thing going, well, we're not to do your shitty movie, so you can just <laughs> do whatever. Yeah. Yeah, which is kind of funny because I th- I really think, and we're going to talk about this again in a second, but I really thought they just wanted to really turn the screws to the uh, whole Fox and X-Men universe. So I, I, I am kind of surprised they're not going full bore within humans because... They ought to. They, I mean, and they totally could. I mean, they They're doing it. it in the comic books. Like, I don't know if you... Like, you're not current on X-Men, but like, Mm-mm. they're down to having like nine mutants left again or something like that. Okay, there's more than that, but... Oh, yeah. No, they're all all in on the Inhumans. Um, yeah. So, There's an uncanny in humans and all new in humans and all this. Yep. Which, come on, guys, stop it. Yeah, Just stop like it. They killed Fantastic Four too over the same sort of bullshit. That um, series, I think, needed to go away for a while. To be fair, probably. But the X Men, like people, fucking love the X Men. Um, comic book readers like myself really fucking love the X Men, especially when they're done right and they're written good and well, good. Well, it's well. Yeah. Whatever. And. uh I don't know. I just, I'm kind of, I'm at that point now where like I want my Wolverine back. Yeah. Because he's still dead. Oh yeah. We have old man Logan. That's rough. But he's old. Yeah. He's kind. It's kind of like having Wolverine back, but he's just like an old angry Wolverine who, in his timeline, is semi responsible for wiping out all the other superheroes on the planet. <laughs> so he's got a chip on his shoulder because of that. Yeah. I mean, get over it already. Yeah. 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 I just, I just want my Wolverine, who has a chip on his shoulder because he fucking hates people. <laughs> <laughs> That's my kind of Wolverine, yeah. yeah. The one who's just pissed off for no good reason. Yeah, but it's exciting that we might get to see some actual like name brand in humans. Yeah, for sure. Um, um, aside from uh, Daisy, because she's in the comic books as well. I don't, although I don't know that she was before, but she definitely is now. I want to say, and I'm not really positive, so like, don't flame me if I'm wrong, but I, I think that she is like an introduction as of the popularity of S.H.I.E.L.D., not, not be... Um, Aside from that, I think she might have existed in some small role because I remember, you know, the theory was that she was going to be Daisy back when she was still just Sky. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think she might have been in Inhumans prior to that, but I don't think in in the way that she is now. Like, I think she's more popular now because of that. So probably we'll look into it. You guys look into it too. tweet us about it. Yeah, sure. At whatever. Um, I, lo- I love to be told I'm wrong constantly. Yeah, that's why we're married. That's why we have the Internet, right? Yes. Um, also along these same lines, since we're talking about it, I put an article in here that honestly I didn't even read yet, uh, called Death of X, a business-driven an- analysis of Marvel's treatment of the X-Men. Um, this is actually a storyline. Like, there's books that are marked Death of X. Yeah. So what we're essentially talking about a little bit, I think, is going to be um, sort of the relationship between Marvel and the X-Men and Fox. Um, you know, as, as you probably know already, Fox owns the X-Men property in film and all that kind of jazz. And Marvel still owns the comic book rights and all that kind of stuff. And as Matt just was just alluding to, they are sort of uh, decreasing the importance of the X-Men and giving them less material to work with over at Fox. Uh, I Just basically because fuck Fox is the picture I get. Yeah, and this is this is where studios need to learn how to get along. Like Marvel and Sony were able to to come to terms and and do something there. And honestly, Sony might have gotten the shit into the stick on that. Yep, <clears throat> but the you fans know, didn't. But they didn't because here's the thing with both Sony and Fox, they just can't pull it together like uh, Marvel can. No, and 
what the deal between Sony and, and Marvel got them is they still have distribution rights. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, they're still going to be putting their fucking label on the DVD and the and the Blu-rays when they come out. They're still going to make a shit ton of money from it. Like, they may, may make a, a slight, you know, I'm not even sure if they're going to end up making less because I think the property is going to do so much better uh, under Marvel's, uh, um, you know, guiding hand. Yeah. That they're probably going to come out ahead either way. So. Yeah. Well, and the thing is, is like, and yes, the deal with the deal was that it was kind of underplayed when they first announced it because we find out bits and pieces more as we go along. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically what we found out up to this point is like, Marvel's just like, no, fuck you, we're in charge, but yeah. you can still sell the fucking Blu-rays. <laughs> you can put your logo at the beginning of the movie. Maybe. I kind of think that's for the best for everybody. Like, yeah. let the artists do the art and let the business people do the business shit. Um, so... Yeah, and see, here's the deal with Fox, is they've actually improved upon the properties when it comes to the X-Men. Yes, I wasn't the biggest fan of Apocalypse. I liked First Class and Days of Future Past way, way better. Yeah. But they were a step in the right direction, and given the chance, I think they could redo Phoenix and not fuck it up this bad. You know, I think the sad thing about the X-Men universe as it comes to the the, uh, Fox Fox is, I really do think the peak of the franchise is probably X2. Well, not Days of Future Past. It'd be a toss-up between the two, but I'm, um, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take a hard opposing stance to that. And say Days of Future Past is their, their, their fucking their mea culpa, coup de gras, yeah, de gras. yeah whatever. <laughs> mea culpa is not the right word. Whatever, yeah, they're French something. words. If you're not French, you don't know whatever. what I'm talking about. Um, they're probably not somebody else. Coup de gras. Mea, mea I like culpa. coup de gras. Coup de gras is French. Uh, mea culpa, I think, is Latin. It's also the name of Finn Balor's finishing move. Nice. WWE. Yeah. yeah. It's basically he just jumps off the top of the rope and stomps on you, which is pretty cool. <laughs> He's a little guy, so. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, so, I don't know. X2 and Days of Futures Past are going to come pretty close to for me, but uh, that just means there's a whole lot of valley in between the two of them. There was. And, again, they didn't handle Apocalypse, right? So, like, I, I had my gripes about that. but Yeah, Apocalypse in retrospect is a little bit of a mess. Days of Futures Past, I think, is probably one of my favorite. It, it's either that or X2. Uh, but the 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 dearth of good movies between uh, Wolverine Origins was crap. Wolverine, uh, I, the I guess, Wolverine, the Wolverine was actually pretty. I dug okay, it, but it was more but, like a like a an old like seventies like Japanese spy movie. Yeah, it was okay. Claws. It was okay, but it wasn't anything I thought that was particularly special. And the um, bastardization of the Silver Samurai at the end was kind of like, well, whatever. First Class was getting closer. I liked um, First Class a lot, actually. I, I did. I did enjoy First Class. Um, and then there's, you know, like the crater that is left behind from X3. So, oh yeah, that's my least favorite. Well, it's, I don't know. It's kind of a tie I, between that and X-Men Origins. I was just going to say, I'd rather watch like Wolverine Origins. Would you? Like, yeah. X3 is just so bad in my mind. Yeah. Like as much as, uh, uh, Wolverine Origins completely raped Deadpool, like, uh, I, that character, especially then, wasn't nearly as important to me as the Phoenix Saga and the whole um, Jean Grey thing. So, Well, what really bugged me about X3 wasn't even the Jean Grey thing. I mean, yes, that really bugged me. Don't get me wrong. It did. But just the fact that they came up with this cockamamie idea that there was a cure. Yeah. Like, that's the whole premise of being an X-Man is, like, when you're a mutant, like, you are a mutant. Like, there's no not being a mutant. And it's it's all about persevering in a world that fears and hates you. Like that's the tagline from the book from like 1960, whatever four, I think when they, when they came out, like it was always about existing in a world that fears and hates you. And it still maintains that they've never done a cure storyline. 
They kind of have, but not been like. But it's never been anything that's been like legit. You know what I mean? Not not nearly as big as they they played it in the movie. Yeah, like, and it was so quick for the movie franchise. Like X three. To do it in the third installment, you're just like, well, guess what? You can have Kier now. Yeah. Nah. I, I, I thought that was dumb. I, I Yeah, I just didn't like it. The writing the writing on that was just all over the place and just not good. Um, then, then there were some other dumb choices, like they killed Xavier at the end, which didn't make any sense to me, really. And, and sort of the other, like, how are we going to kill Cyclops in the least impactful way possi- possible? Why not? Yeah. How can we just make him go away? Oh, yeah. look, you just made him go away. Yeah, that's it. But like a literal like plot MacGuffin, just like, and this is where Cyclops goes away, and that's what we're gonna film. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I'd... Send that to print, boys. We're done here. Yeah. Let's take lunch. It's only nine o'clock. Shouldn't we write some more shit? Nope. No, we're done. We're, we're done at, for the day. I had three martinis for breakfast, and fuck you guys. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I just it's bad. So anyway, um, th- this article kind of is gonna talk a little bit about how uh, Marvel's treatment of the X Men in relation to Fox and all that kind of good stuff. And uh, it's something we talked about on the show a lot, so I thought I'd put it in there because I'm sure it's something I'm going to go back and read when we get done. And it's uh, hopefully going to agree with my positions, which is basically like, Fox, uh, grow up a little. Marvel, grow up a little. Be big, big boys. Share your Shake toys. Shake hands. Yeah. Shake hands and, and then make a deal. Yeah. Just like Sony, smart choice. Let Marvel do the story thing. You guys can still do the businessy thing. Make a whole bunch of money off of it. Everybody wins. Fans okay. win. They win. Yeah, I was going to check out this Jessica Jones link, but it doesn't look like it's working very well. Oh, hell. Um, so the short of that, since we are talking about that now, a nice segue, is uh, Jessica Jones, Daredevil, and The Punisher not coming until 2018. Uh, here's the deal. I'm okay with waiting until 2018 as long as I know that I'm getting a second season of Jessica Jones. Oh, I think a second season is like a foregone conclusion. But It um, wasn't up until like now apparently because oh, really? like just a couple of weeks ago they were talking like they had no word on whether or not because they knew she was coming back in the defenders mm-hmm. um no word on whether or not she was gonna guest on luke cage which i think it's almost a given like i think you have to have her in at least a couple episodes yeah i would be really amazingly surprised if they didn't do that like yeah that's sort of like uh you know if they were doing the avengers and then they just decided like no we don't really want to put thor in this so give him a movie and then just drop him out like that's it. So 2018, though, does that mean, like, because we're getting Defenders this year, right? I do believe we see Defenders this year, and we will get Luke Cage this year. And then we'll get Iron Fist in 2017? Yes, I think that's correct. So, I don't know. It's kind of a long wait still, but, I mean, it's we're, we're getting more stuff. Yeah, I'm just, 2017 is looking like a lean year for Marvel. It, it does, unless they've got something, of, something else up their sleeve. Is Marvel anyway. And maybe they're doing a Defenders Season 2 in 2017 as well that we haven't seen yet. That would be hardcore, but a, a good explanation for why we're not getting any of these other properties until 2018. Yeah. Um, I just kind of wish we could get one a year. Well, I mean, they'll probably get to that point. Maybe. It's just, it's, um, you know, this is the tough thing. Like, we talked about this on the show, too. As much as I love having it all available to me at once, it means that there are entire year span. Like, even There's like if 363 doing... days when I'm not watching that stuff. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> Right, and now now you're telling me it's going to be a whole another year after that, so uh, it hurts. It hurts. And the strength of of season two of Daredevil, like, oh man, I mean, do we have to wait? I don't want to wait because that was 2015, was it not? Or was that this year? That was this year. Was it this year? Okay. I think it was uh, like March or April. But that's like two that. years. I don't want to wait two years. Yeah, that is a long time. I mean, like I said, hopefully we're getting better stuff, not better, but other stuff in between, and and that explains it. 
Yeah, and we, we are going to get Daredevil in the Defenders. So I mean, it's not like we we're not going to see him. Maybe that's why they're doing it. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, um, <laughs> we have more. Oh, man, there's not a whole lot of good news this week. Um, Pokemon Go. Pokemon Go. So you probably hopefully listened to our last episode where we talked about Pokemon Go. Uh, in this episode, we just basically and, and how excited we were about playing Pokemon Go and what a fun game it is. Um, but this week has not been a good week for Pokemon. Not gonna Go. lie, I got it. I got it right here. Yeah, number one, uh, Niantic. That's the company that makes the app. Uh, decided that they were going to remove the tracker feature, which really hasn't worked all that well uh, for the last, um, basically at all. I What's mean, weird. It worked it for like ten minutes work. when it first came out, and then for most people, it didn't work after that. So yeah, it did work, and then all of a sudden, it didn't. Like, all of a sudden, everything was three steps away, which was the equivalent of about 300 meters. Yeah. So, you couldn't really tell where Pokemon were. And then Niantic was like, oh, dude, we get that's that's a big deal. Like, people really love that in this game. And tracking Pokemon is half the fun. Let's go so ahead take it out. So, they, yeah, took it out. Uh, you thought I was going to say fixed it, right? You thought I was going to say they fixed their bugs. And they're like, yeah, check this out, guys. We love you. And we fixed this problem. So, uh, you can keep playing and enjoying the game. No, they took it out. It, it's one of the most controversial moves um, in an app like this that I've seen so far. Um, I don't, I'm not even having trouble thinking of a good analogy. Like it's like it's sort of like um, if you were playing Monopoly and they decided to take the idea of you know buying properties out or something like that. Yeah. Like uh, this is after the CEO had kind of shit on um, these third-party tracker apps, which were supposed to help you find Pokemon. Him saying kind of like, well, that's you know ruining the fun. And it's kind of like, no. Pokevision, like, Pokevision was one in particular that I, I actually checked out a couple times, and it was kind of cool because like you got a map overlay, and you dropped a, a pen on your map, and it would show you all the Pokemon that were within like I think three hundred meters of of that pen. Um, it did technically violate the terms of use, yeah. I think, um, but um, like when I checked it out, like it wasn't because I was just like, well, I'm gonna cheat. It was like. You know, I haven't seen a Pikachu yet. Yeah. Does he even exist? <laughs> and uh and then I checked out the other day and it was it was it was down and I was I checked their Twitter feed and they were like, oh, we're trying to adhere to Niantic's wishes and we hope we have good news soon and Yeah, they're dead. Is what they're saying. Yeah. Like they're very polite, but uh no, they're dead. Yeah. Um But here's here's my thing about it. Okay. If you've got your own tracking system and you want to crush other tracking systems that are violating the terms of use and whatnot, fine. I don't give a shit. But if yours is broken and it's so fundamentally fucking broken that you had to remove it altogether, mm-hmm. then if somebody else is doing the job that you can't do, let them do it. Throw some cash their way. I don't give a shit. Yeah. Um, and secondarily, the cynic in me says, like, well, the way that you can get around this is by, you know, doing the lures and all that kind of shit, which basically means you either play hardcore or spend a lot of pokey coins, which, you know, pokey coins, a.k.a. money. You don't have to. Um, yeah. You can get Pokecoins without money. Yeah. But, I mean, it just... I have 110. Stupid. It just seems stupid to me. Like, the short of it is, like, they're either trying to get us to spend more money on the game to, um, you know, by, you know, forcing you to buy Pokecoins and lures to make it easier to find Pokemon. Or, again, they're so backwards that, uh, you know, they just cannot make the feature work, which is as depressing as well. Um, you know, that that's kind of the weird thing here is that, um, I don't know if I... I, I do not know Niantic's history in the industry, um, but the game is relatively broken. 
um, or has been relatively broken since it launched. Like, there's been a lot of bugs, uh, uh, you know, sort of riddling the game and its experience. And it seems like this response to it be like, well, no, we're going to take it out. Um, this, is, this is what I'm going to throw Niantic's direction. If any other developer released a game that was this broken, you'd be having people fucking throwing Blu-rays at your house. Yeah. And they're not, because people love Pokemon. And for the most part, people really love Nintendo. I, I agree. You know what I mean? So it's as like, much as people don't love them with their wallets lately, that right. Nintendo holds a, holds a special place in our hearts. Yeah, I mean we we aren't where we're where we're at now without Nintendo when we For were sure. kids. So just fucking fix it, and don't be dicks to other people that can do something that you can't just because you can't fix it. Yeah, if anything, they should be looking at like buying the the other guys. Like, yeah, here's the deal with the PokeVision thing, and I kind of get where they're coming from. And this is this maybe it applies to iPhones too, but I'm not as familiar with the jailbreak process on an iPhone. But on my phone right now, I could root it so that it wasn't reported and, and then set it to use mock locations, but not report those mock locations to the apps. Because right now, Niantic got smart because for the first like week, I think people were able to put mock locations in their phone and the game didn't know. Now, if you put a mock location in, it automatically shuts down the GPS and just says that it can't find a GPS. Mm -hmm. If I root it, I can get around that. And with the PokeVision app, you can find a Pokemon, drop a marker directly on it, and it gives you the GPS coordinates. So you could just put that in as a mock location, and it would think you were there, and you could catch it. Oh, wow. So you can get any Pokemon you want, basically, without leaving your living room. And that does defeat the purpose of the game entirely. Yeah, see, like, if you're doing that, like, why are you even playing? Yeah. Like, it's not fun enough to play, you know, if you're not going to actually do the work and go out and walk around a little bit. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, stupid. And, yeah, on jail, if you jailbreak, I'm sure similar things are possible. I know there's been similar hacks to, do, like, back in the day when you couldn't use Skype over uh, 3G, you know, there was all kinds of tweaks that would allow you to uh, right. tell the phone, basically, you're on Wi-Fi and, uh, you know, all your, uh, quote-unquote, Wi-Fi-only apps would suddenly work, so... I remember that. Yeah. Speaking of bullshit, uh, take a little trip down jailbreak memory lane. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. That's okay. that's Pokemon. Um, yeah. By the way, I am 9.44 kilometers into my first 10K egg. So <laughs> nice. By the time we record next week, I'll be able to tell you what I got. Here's the thing. The Eevee is one of the possibilities in a 10k egg and if i get a fucking eevee out of the 10k egg i'm gonna be fucking pissed oh yeah um i just take insurance out on your phone now so like if you huck it across the room and it breaks like you've got a backup plan i already got one phone sitting in a bag trying to suck the moisture out of it i don't want to break another one yeah that's a good point uh okay a little bit more and then we're going to talk about some comics and uh this one is a little bit different uh for our show at least but this I is put probably it way more exciting for eddie this this is uh, so. <laughs> when I was a kid, I used to love this movie called The Rocketeer. Um, it wasn't a bad movie, actually. It was cute. Yeah, it wasn't bad. It wasn't great either. Like I've rewatched it recently, and it, it wasn't amazing. But it it hits a lot of the similar uh, notes and tropes that you know modern superhero movies do. Anyway, uh, the news is that we're developing a or we are Disney is developing a new Rocketeer movie. So that's gonna happen, possibly, maybe. Yeah, the original Rocketeer starring. Billy Campbell. Yeah. And Jennifer Connelly. Who doesn't love Jennifer Connelly? Yeah. You ever seen Dark City? Yeah. Yeah. She's good in that. Yeah. Also, 
pretty much everything. She's so amazing. Yeah, I really liked her. Uh, she was like one of the only things I liked about the Angley Hulk movie. Yeah, that's she was she was fair. a good buddy. Yeah, yeah. She could have stuck around; it wouldn't bother me. Yeah, same. So anyway, I don't really have a lot to say about that, other than that it's then, happening, then and it's I'm excited happening. about it. Yeah. So comics, let's talk comics, dude. Before we get into comics, though, we got a little well. Before we get really into the comics we read this week, Matt Matt's got a little prize uh, present, if you will, for um, himself. Yeah. And, but he's going to show everybody uh, through the magic of audio. So um, I recently subscribed to what is called Comic Bento. Yeah, we talked about that, I think, on one of the shows. Yeah. Um, so in my previous box, um, somebody had ordered it for me as, as a birthday present. Um, and I got, and I think this was last year or something, um, and I got like five different books out of it i got a uh, a star trek graphic novel a predator graphic novel um th- these are all graphic novels um i got a black widow uh book and then i got volumes one and two of kevin smith's uh green hornet run that he did for dynamite comics that's a huge fucking box for me because th- those are all properties that i actually dig mm-hmm. um and so recently i found a, a group on and i got my first box for i think nine bucks 9.99 and it's normally plus shipping. It's five bucks shipping um, every month. So I paid fifteen for it. It's normally twenty five. And there, there are other Groupons that you can do a, a three month subscription for, um, for way less. Those were just sold out, so I didn't do it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I opened it already, but I, I figured I'd open it up and and show Eddie and you guys what all came in it. This this little card comes in it. Tells you kind of what the theme is for the month. And this theme this month's theme was robots. Nice. Everybody's um, favorite until they rise up and try to kill us all. Right. Um, so the parent company of this of this place, um, which is, I'll, I'll tell you what it is here, Blind Ferret, um, started out in web comics, um, and so they knew a group of people that also did some comics that uh, recently collected some of their works into a book, and so this book is actually one of the books that we get this month, which is basically just little funny web comics that look like they're done in eight bit. Yeah. Um, I'll hand that to you. And I shall not read it because it's a big book, but I'm going to check it out. Yeah. Um, the next one I got... Hold on. It's edited by Jill Beaton. Like, it, Will, come on. Right. There's there's better aliases, I'm yeah. just saying. <laughs> All right. So the, the next one I got is this book called It Came. Now I know what you're thinking. Yeah, it is not a pornographic novel. Hey. Um, it is actually a graphic novel that is... Um, done as a 50s sci-fi B-movie. Okay. Uh, so I'm kind of interested. I, mean, I haven't read it yet. I haven't read any of these yet, but I'm going to. See, so check out that spaceship. That actually looks amazing. Like, that's very much inspiring some, uh, inspiring some The Day the Earth Stood, stood Still sort of uh, uh, pulp, you know. Yeah, I actually might want to read this when you're done. Yeah. Yeah, so totally going to read it. Um, never heard of it, but going to read it. Um, the next one I got is published by Aspen Comics, and this is actually an exclusive that was done specifically for Comic Bento, which is kind of cool. Um, and it's got some really badass posters in the back. Check those out. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Um, and it's called Bubble Gun, um, which basically looks to be half robot cybernetic um, hot chicks. Yep. Uh, so I'm going to read it because, you know, hot chicks. It's kind of reminding me a little bit of like Metalocopolis. Metalocopolis. Metalop- Metalop- 
Yeah, I don't remember. I, I don't try to say it out loud usually. So no. <laughs> nope, that's just one of those things where I'm like, I can't say that. So Metalocalypse. Yeah, shit. Um, Metal Apocalypse. Anyway, yeah. it's written by Mark Roslin and drawn by Mike Bowden. Um, I have no idea what it's about, other than you know, cybernetic chicks with yeah. bubble gum. Cool. Not opposed. No, I'm on board. Um, and here's here is once again I'm going to use this word because Eddie brought it up and I like it. Here's the coup de gras though. <laughs> Got Voltron Year One. Oh. Which looks badass. This is a Dynamite comic again. Dynamite's been doing some Dynamite work lately. Um, and I'm really excited about this <laughs> also, one. Also, nice on coup de gras Dynamite work, though. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, whatever. Not, not letting that one slide. I'm Just keeping saying. it in. Yeah, it's it's staying. Um, anyhow, uh, Voltron was one of those shows that I watched as a kid because they had a really shitty Voltron cartoon. Yeah. But I always really liked it. Um, oh, so and that's, that's it. So... Here's the deal, though. I paid, with the Groupon, I paid a total of 15 bucks for this. The Book of Cartoons is a $20 cover price book. And it actually, the thing that's surprising to me about this is that the quality on these books are all super good. Yeah. Like, um, they're trades, or I mean, they feel they feel like a really nice trade, essentially. They are. They are. Um, the, the 50s B-movie one? It's a fifteen dollar book. Yeah, this one I don't know how you could put a cover price on it if it's if it's a, a comic mento exclusive, but it's twelve ninety nine. Yeah, and then the Voltron one is is a twenty dollar graphic novel. Yeah, and so I mean we're talking sixty bucks worth of graphic novels that I paid fifteen dollars for with the Groupon, and even regular price it's only twenty five bucks. It's twenty yeah. bucks for the box and five bucks shipping every month. So oh, you probably wanted to look at the Voltron one too. Yeah, totally. Um, I'm actually super interested in all these. I've never heard of anything here except for <laughs> Voltron, but um, they all look really, really good. Yeah. And uh, man, the art the art looks super solid in all these books too. I mean, I don't have time to read them or anything like that, but I'm really digging. Like these seem to be really well done books, actually. Yeah. So here's the deal, guys. Um, this was a lot of fun to do, and um, maybe next month. If if we get a good reaction, if you guys like this and you know give us some feedback and whatnot, um, maybe we'll start a YouTube channel and we'll actually like record comic bento, yeah, the opening of the box and we'll throw that up on a YouTube channel. We could. My my, my daughter tells me the reason we're not famous already is because we're, we're not, not on, on YouTube. YouTube. <laughs> she might not be wrong. She might not like it. Seem like that that is it's funny. That's like her view of the world. Like we're not we're neither on musically nor are we on uh, YouTube. So thus our lack of fame is completely obvious to her. Dude, my kid's best friend. Like she's uh, going into high school, mm-hmm. and uh, like she reads all these books like that are published by like YouTubers that got famous by YouTubing and whatnot. Like mm-hmm. she's totally into that kind of a thing. So yeah, it, it's it's big right now. Yeah, like it's funny because like thirteen year olds have this fig- shit figured out, and we're over here like, well, well, I just figure like I can't really do the it's Friday, Friday, yeah. you know, it's not gonna be. I mean, I could, I just get sued for that, but you know, I, I think that if like a grown man did it, it just wouldn't have the appeal. Maybe it would have more of an appeal. I don't know. Maybe they wouldn't. You know, like I, I got the 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 idea that some of it was like pity with stuff like that. I don't know if we we could garner the pity. Maybe. We, I don't know. You tell us. We could try. Yeah, I'm just saying. You tell us. Do you want to see us <clears throat> take off our cl- no, no, not that. Yeah. Um. <laughs> well, my my excuse for Ellie was like, no, we we've got faces for radio. Like, <laughs> we we need to stay on this side of the camera. Like, 
But we could record things like opening boxes. Yeah. That'd I mean, be fine. Yeah. All right, so comics. Let's get into the comic books because, Fuck, holy do shit, oh. do we have so many comics this week. And I, I mean, love comic books, but I'm just like, Jesus Christ. Yeah, really? um, our, our read, reading load it has gotten a little ridiculous. Yeah, so we got lazy last week. Um, plus, we've been watching Sons of Anarchy, which yeah. has taken up a lot of what would normally be comic book reading time. Mm-hmm. I don't know how we're going to do this once we get back to like the regular show seasons and stuff like that. Like when we got a Tuesday through, you know, Friday. Or, I'm hoping you know, by that time that the Thursday rebirth sort of stuff has kind of slowed down and will have pared down. Yeah, I think there's we're going to have to come to a point where we're like, I don't really care about that book at all. The problem is, is a lot of the books that we're reading and we'll talk about this as we go along, but a lot of them I really like. Oh, I know. And so this is actually really tough because there's nothing right now that I'm kind of like, I could just throw it away. Like, like I would cares? love it if like you read books that I didn't necessarily like. And, you know, we could talk about those. And then I read books that you didn't necessarily like. And we'd talk about those. That way we'd each only have to do like half the reading. But I'm really enjoying most of what we're reading. So, yeah, um, especially this week, actually. Because uh, th- this is actually two weeks worth of comics. Pretty much all of this week's comics or you know, this last two weeks, I guess I should have said that we read, you know, over basically the weekend. Um, were all really good, I thought. Uh, th- there was a couple that weren't as good, but still totally readable and still something that I want to continue with because it has potential to go places, too. So. Yeah. Anyway, let's get in there. Uh, Hellblazer Rebirth. Um, so the first of the Hellblazer titles. So this is this is awesome. Um, for those of you not familiar with the Hellblazer, um, the Hellblazer is John Constantine. Yep. Um, had a little show, ran about thirteen episodes on CBS, I think. NBC. NBC. Yeah. Um, and then needed a guest spot on Arrow, which Eddie and I both really liked. We did one of the standout episodes from season four. Not that that's really hard to do, but it was. It, it exactly. Um, and so. That was my first impression of John Constantine because I didn't watch the Constantine show. I only saw him on Arrow. Yeah, he's same. made some like appearances in some other comic books that I've read. In fact, I think he was in a He-Man comic book actually. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, where He-Man crossed over into the normal DCU for a couple issues and whatnot, and I think Constantine was in, involved in that thing. But other than that, I know very little about it. Um, what I do know, though, after reading Hellblazer Rebirth, is that I really enjoyed it. Yeah, th- this was actually probably one of the standouts for me this week. Um, so, number one, if you've seen the guy who plays John Constantine on the adaptation, it, it looks, I don't know if this is always the way Con- Constantine's looked, because I've never really read the book before this. He's always had the brown coat and whatnot. Yeah, th- so. that that at least, you know, like they got that right about the show, but he looks like almost like he was modeled after uh, uh, the gentleman who played him in the show. Um, very, very close, like in the way that Sam Jackson and Nick Fury, uh, you know, post Sam Jackson look the same. So, um, um, here's the deal. I'm going to call bullshit on that. Really? Yeah. Um, Go on. the ultimate series in Marvel mm-hmm. actually modeled their Nick Fury after Sam Jackson before Sam Jackson ever appeared in any of them or was contractually obligated oh, to appear. Oh, gotcha. In okay. That's actually why they got Sam Jackson was because of the ultimate series doing that. Okay. I stand corrected. And, in the normal continuity, Sam Jackson Nick Fury is actually the son of the original Nick Fury. Oh, that makes sense. Who's completely white. Yeah. But obviously, mom isn't. <laughs> obviously. Um, wow. So anyway, so, I digress. Yeah, Hellblazer, though, uh, super solid. Got a nice snarky John Constantine, which I really enjoyed. Um, Talking shit to demons. Yeah. And, you know, sort of like a... Uh, Playing chicken with demons. Yeah, playing chicken with demons over the entire city of London, basically. The, yeah. the stakes are, are, are London. Um, so that was fun. Um, 
Yeah, no, this is a solid book. Like, I, I haven't uh, been as hooked on a new book like this in some time. Well, actually, that's not fair because really there's quite a few DC books that I, I'm really super into right now. Yeah. But my, my, my only thing for this book is the art was okay. I mean, I think for a book like this, you can get away with that. Yeah. Because you're not really trying to do too much. Um, anyway, and the story is so great that it's just like, yeah, I can I can put up with the the mediocre art and whatnot. Um, but I really, really loved how they presented John Constantine. Um, also, he swears a lot. He does. Which they don't actually print. But instead of doing like the typical like pound sign, asterisk, exclamation park, you know, mark, whatever. They have little like skulls and crossbones. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was a nice touch as yeah. well. Yeah, I dug that. So kudos to the letterer. Yeah, you're right. I think it's the um, the backgrounds and stuff like that all look pretty solid, but um, some of the the human anatomy stuff looks a little weird to me. Yeah, um, which isn't <laughs> nearly as bad as our next book. No, okay. So our next book is Batgirl and the Birds of Prey, and so tell me about that. You read that, right? I did. This one I did read. Okay. Um, Overall, I liked the story. So did I. Um, what I. <laughs> first thing didn't like the art yeah that's that's i'm reading my notes guys i because when i read comic books i fucking write notes i I mean the second panel what the hell's going on here she looks like a little retarded i'm not gonna lie that girl's kicking ass and she looks like kind of retarded her suit's sloppy looking and like her face is like yeah like her her face is like okay guys like like, and i'm not gonna lie like i when a girl's kicking ass she's probably not gonna be hot all the time yeah well what's this fucking face she hey. looks like one of the witches from like a Snow White movie. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that's the thing, because I'm not hot on the art on this book. It, it's really, really bad in places. Um, I did like the story. Uh, it's basically um, Barbara Gordon finds out there's somebody out there who's assumed her identity of or- Oracle. Yeah. Um, which a little backstory on that. Uh, following the events of Death in the, or not Death in the Valley, following the events of. Uh, a killing joke that we just talked about last week. Yeah. Ad nauseum. Uh, she was wheelchair bound. Yep. And her only way to contribute to superheroing at that point in time was she got really smart and developed her little computer system where she basically pulled in every piece of information ever and used it to feed information to. Yeah. She was like the Felicity, except else. for with a credible backstory. Yeah. Yeah. I think she's probably what Felicity was modeled after. Pretty much. Yes. Yeah, basically. Down to the wheelchair exactly for an episode and a half until she could suddenly walk again yep yep no good leading times. to one of the most heartbreaking moments in tv no 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 just definitely made me want to vomit a little bit definitely not hacks on the arrow writing team ripping off a very well-known batman story yeah. or anything no like not that. at all not at all not at all um and what i what i took away from this okay so she's trying to get the band back together so to speak and, and yeah. actually she actually says that yeah, it's literally a line from the book, and it's not bad. Uh, and by the band, she just basically means Canary. Uh, she means yeah. Black Canary. Yeah. Um, her and, and the Canary worked together before, but they're off doing their own thing for whatever reason. And she decides that she wants Canary's help on this particular case because you know Oracle's her deal. And yeah. Whatever. So the backstory is when Barbara Gordon was was Oracle, like she needed somebody who could actually do the footwork. Yeah. Um, and that was Black Canary, Dinah Lance. And when Barbara Gordon didn't need the wheelchair anymore, she became Batgirl again. Diana Lance kind of took that as her cue as to be like, well, you know what? I'm going to go do my own thing for a while. Yep. You're smart and pretty and you can kick butt too. So see you later. Yeah. You wouldn't be able to tell by the art in this book, but yeah. No. Um, but basically she worked 
with Dinah Lance when she was Oracle, and because this is having to do with somebody else who's assumed the Oracle identity, uh, she is totally looking for Dinah to help her track some shit down. Yep. And we even meet... Uh, who else do we meet in this? We meet the... Um, Huntress. Huntress, yeah. Which I'm really excited about, because I was kind of irritated that she isn't involved... Because she's not involved in the in the detective books, right? Huntress? No, I don't think so. She's been mentioned in Nightwing, in the rebirth of Nightwing. She was mentioned in it, but she's not actually been in a book yet. Yeah, she was. Um, But she definitely didn't show up in Detective, because that's like uh, Batwoman, you know? Uh, Batwoman and uh, Robin and... <clears throat> Uh, Tim Drake, that is. Yeah, Red Robin. Red Robin. Uh, and spoiler. or f- That's actually her name. Not, yeah. not oh, me spoiling something. Yeah. Spoiler. And then um, who was the other one? There's another one there, I thought. Clayface. Clayface. But there's another girl, I think. I thought Maybe I'm wrong. I, you know, I don't remember. But I don't know. We're going to talk about Let's, it in a minute. Yeah, we'll so talk about we'll have to come back bit. to it, I guess. Uh, this is definitely a reboot, though. like Because it's ignoring some of the New 52 continuity. Because there yep. was a Birds of Prey title in New 52, and it was Dinah Lance and Batgirl and um, actually uh, Katana, who we're going to meet in Suicide Squad mm-hmm. this next week. Um, Poison Ivy, I think. I think Ivy was in there. Oh, really? Yeah. It was kind of a neat book. I actually didn't hate it, but... Okay. I'm also not sad that they're not acknowledging it and that they're going a different way. So um, that's interesting. Um and another thing that uh, we're not going to talk about because I didn't read it. I'll just gloss over it real quick. Batgirl number one also came out. So uh, Birds of Prey Rebirth was two weeks ago. And then this last week was Batgirl number one. But Batgirl is not a continuation of this Rebirth title. There is going to be a Batgirl in the Birds of Prey title as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so what's interesting is they didn't do a Batgirl Rebirth. I was just going to say, did I not read a Batgirl Rebirth or did I miss that? No, they just didn't do it. Weird. So I guess this rebirth is supposed to be that's the launching point for two too, titles. Because first off, Batgirl's already been a little bit of a source of controversy because uh, Oracle, uh, being wheelchair bound, has been like a, a little bit of a symbol for the uh, disabled community, and so they got a little up uh, pissed off. And I kind of rightly so, but you have to understand, guys, with comic books, everything is always in flux and up for change and stuff like that. But they kind of got a little pissed off when she got her legs back. Um, so. I don't know. I think they're kind of missing the boat a little bit by not exploring some of those things. In, well, in I mean, that title. happened with the new 52 and you're right though. I mean, everything's kind of cyclical in nature when it comes to comic books. Eventually professor X isn't going to be dead anymore. Uh, eventually yeah. Wolverine's not going to be dead anymore. Like things, things change. I mean, you got to roll with it. Um, and I'm not saying that we don't need a, a wheelchair superhero to advocate for the, for the disabled and whatnot. Um, I just don't think it has to necessarily be bad girl. No. Um, the, you know, this is sort of the thing with comics. Like the only thing that I think that's made really massively lost by having Batgirl not Oracle is that, uh, it lessens the impact of the tragedy. Yeah. Well, and here's the thing, like we don't have a Midnighter title anymore that I know of. Mm. Um, and Midnighter is like DC's first, like openly gay, uh, superhero with his own title. Mm hmm. Um, and we've only gotten a mention of him since the rebirth started, and that was in Nightwing Rebirth. Yeah, because he like beat up Nightwing or something. <laughs> yeah. um, but I mean, so it, I mean, if I were going to be pissed off about something, it would probably be that more than the wheelchair thing. Yeah, um, just because I don't, I didn't. 
did I read that book? I think I might have read a couple issues of it. It wasn't bad. Like it was, I I didn't uh, honestly. But I mean, it kind of goes back for for me. Comics, like I don't really expect that many things are immutable. Um, there are some, you know, general general tropes, but usually, especially like the the quote unquote tragedy things, like that shit usually doesn't stick. Like, how many times has Wolverine died? How many times has you know, every, you know, all of these characters, you know, died, been crippled, etc. At some yeah. point, you know, like um, Batman, for example, Batman, um, Superman, both have died, uh, or more or less. Um, yeah, and and I think when you're doing something in comic books, like it has to be done right, and it has to come from the right place in order for it to really count. Um, I, I forget his name. Judd Winnick. Judd mm-hmm. Winnick did a run on Green Lantern um, when it was still Kyle Rayner before the core came back and everything. Um, and there was a gay kid that got beat up and befriended Kyle Rayner and whatnot. But that story came off as really fucking pandering and crass to me. Like, it didn't seem like... It's sort of like our same the same problem I've ha- I had, and I think we both kind of had with, like, Supergirl and the whole, like, the feminism angle. Yeah. Like, like, it's not a problem that you're showing feminist things. It's a problem that you are slapping people in the face with it. Like, if, if the story's strong enough, then you don't need to do those types of things. Well, and it's not even that. It just felt like it was... I felt like that story was written by somebody who was very obviously not gay and didn't understand the implications and didn't understand anything about it other than like dc was like we need gay characters in these books so do something yeah you know what i mean like i think that that's the way kind of to do like if you're going to do it well the way you do it is sort of just forget the fact like uh whedon whedon said something like um somebody asked him like how do you write such strong female characters and he's like well i tend to think of them as people and like and i think the same sort of thing applies like when you're talking about gay people minority disabilities whatever if you if you think about the character as a person first and not just try to make the fact that they're you know a minority in whatever fashion the trope um that that makes for a much much stronger character um you know like uh this is something that i actually did kind of like about like the curtis character in arrow mm-hmm it wasn't an immediate thing that he was gay. Like it just came up in conversation. Like it wasn't like a, and they didn't dwell on it. Yeah. It's not like, like to me, like if I meet somebody in real life, who's gay, it's not like we don't, we don't stop and have like a 25 minute discussion about like how gay they are, you know? Right. Right. So are you like a little bit gay or like, you know, full on, like, like, yeah, you don't have those conversations. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like it. Here's the deal. And when they meet straight people, they're not like, I mean, so do you really like vagina? I mean, like, <laughs> they don't do that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. we don't care as a as a as a people. These things shouldn't matter. So the way Arrow presented the Curtis thing was great because they presented it as though it was just normal. And I got a news for you guys. It is. Yeah. Like, uh, so it's the same thing kind of with any of this stuff. Like, uh, it, it never bothers me like that. They're trying to get the message out there, but I think the way that you do that is by treating it like it's a normal thing, not drawing so much attention to it. Like it's ridiculous. Yeah. And you got to have somebody that understands the material well enough to, to right. write to it. Yeah, precisely. So, all right, guys, we're going to take a quick break and then, uh, we'll be back cause this is thirsty work. Welcome we're back. back. Yeah. yeah. Um, we've just barely gotten into the comic books. Uh, like I'd say we're just the tip so far. Just the tip. Yeah. yeah let's let's bring this boy we're, home. We're, we're two comic books into three pages worth of notes that I have. <laughs> um, he really wants to use those notes too. So like we have to do the rest. Yeah. Hey, man. Like, you know, it's, it's not like it's a chore. I want to do the rest. It, it's hard to, to, to do this without notes, too, because like I read the comic books and then we sit down to do the show. And I'm like, wait, what happened in this issue? Yeah, like a week later. Um, yeah. Usually this this one isn't so bad because I did read the vast majority of these, like all but one or two of them last night. 
so I do remember most of them, but um, yeah, it is a little tough. I, I probably should have taken notes too. So, uh, Superman number three, love this issue. So did I, Superman. Oh man, is bad or is not good. I won't quite say bad, but is not good as New Fifty Two Soups was. This one's just killing it for me so far because it's our Superman. <laughs> I think that's a little bit of it. Uh, like, I'm not gonna lie. I think that's a little bit of it. Like, the the thing here is, it's like every time when they're like, "Oh yeah, this is what it was like when I fought Doomsday back on the you know Earth One or this whatever." This is this is what I've discovered about the New Fifty Two. As much of it as I thought was really great, like Snyder's run on Batman with Capullo and and that. Yeah, New Fifty Two for the most part, I think, really tried too hard. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Like, like they tried to get away. I think from the um, like. You dance with who brought you. Yeah. And that's these old school characters with villains that we have known for years and years. Doesn't have to be the case, but if you do something out of the box, it's got to be really fucking out of the park good. Like Snyder did with the the death of the family. Um, And then uh, before that, Court of Owls, which is fucking amazing. Yeah, Yeah, totally. Um, Yeah, I don't know. The thing for me is just I never really... um, (laughs) None of the Superman stories up until the very last one. Uh, what was that called that we just read? We talked about it like a month or two ago uh, on the show. The, yeah, I don't remember. Yeah, I don't remember. Any, but up until the last run of Superman, like that was the first time that I'd really kind of engaged the, with that the book The Tomasi books like that he, where he wrote like every title for two months. Yeah, yeah I read I read probably 20, 25-ish issues of New 52 Soups and it just never really grabbed me. I think I made me. it 20 before I just was like, I'm, I'm kind of done. Yeah, it just never really grabbed me in the way that I think these books are doing like right off the bat. And I think part of that is probably because it's like it's it's Superman. It is the Superman. Um, but, the, you know, that book didn't necessarily have to struggle with that problem. Like the new 52 Superman didn't have to struggle with that problem. Um, it just it wasn't as interesting to me. Like the writing just wasn't as interesting. The fights weren't as interesting, etc. Um, I don't know why that is uh, there. I'm sure if I were um, thinking about it longer i could probably come up with some better analysis than that but i've loved this series of superman so far and his involvement in action comics and stuff like that like i love the the, the sort of awe um we're going to talk about justice league in a minute but as they're talking about superman and justice league i love the sense of awe that they all have about um him so yeah um so superman number three uh centers around them taking uh john little john the the son of superman and lois lane yep. uh to uh, the new 52 Superman's Fortress of Solitude. Yeah. Because it has Kryptonian equipment and whatnot. Yep. Um, the whole premise is, is is John has these powers, um, but sometimes when he falls down, like he'll skin his knee and other times he's completely invulnerable. So his powers are kind of like hit and miss. And so they basically are taking him to the, the fortress so that they can run some tests and make sure that he's okay. Um, and basically the long story short is because of the fact that he is half Kryptonian and half human, it's taking his body a little while to adjust and find the right balance mm-hmm. between the two. Kryptonian DNA obviously is probably going to be pretty prominent when under a yellow sun. So yeah, I can't imagine that he stays, um, you know, quasi vulnerable for very long. Like I don't think he'll be as strong as Superman is, uh, but I think he's going to be powered pretty quickly. Yeah, um, but what they find when they get to the solitude is one of my favorite fucking characters from the 90s, and that's the Eradicator. Yep. And um, a fight ensues between Clark and the Eradicator because... So here's the deal. This is the part that I don't quite get. The Eradicator was one of the four Supermen that showed up after uh, Clark died fighting Doomsday. Mm-hmm. Um, 
have the cool shades, <laughs> all that kind of stuff. And then at the end of the day, when Clark came back to life, he was weak. He didn't have any solar energy stored up, anything like that. And the Eradicator basically funneled every bit of solar energy that he had, like through his like hand blasts, because he had these crazy hand blasts that he could do, into Clark to power him up so he could go take care of whatever needed taken care of when he when he woke up. I don't remember what the exact events are. It's been a long time since I read the the Reign of Superman stories, but um, I do remember that part. And then I didn't read a lot of Superman, so I don't know if he came back and like fucked some shit up, and that's why Clark's pissed at him. But I do know that Clark's pissed at him. He's not happy to see the Eradicator when he shows up. He's like, what the fuck is going on? Um, but then, like, the craziness ensues. And, like, in their fight, like, a piece of the fortress is going to fall. And it's going to hit John and Lois. And the Eradicator, without thinking, without skipping a beat, just grabs it and tells them, you guys should get as far away from here as you can. Yeah. And that's when Clark stops. He's like, wait a minute. He just totally left himself open to my attack to save my family. Like, maybe I ought to give this guy the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, the Eradicator goes into exposition mode for a little bit there, and he kind of explains, like, you know, we had these protocols set up on Krypton, because the Eradicator originally comes from Krypton, and he's like a program Kind of a robot. Yeah, cyborg sort of weird, you know, creature thingy. Uh, and he's basically saying, like, you know, protocol number one was capture and detain rogue Kryptonians and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, I'm, I'm left with the final protocol now that all of this work is done and you're the last Kryptonian person, you know, and, and sort of the only, th- the, the the dark side of the story that we get a hint at here is um, he wants to pr- protect Krypton at all costs uh, and uh, Kryptonian DNA at all Which costs. Means- reproducing kryptonians right and so john yeah uh john being half kryptonian half human like there's some sort of like dark undertones about uh eradicating the human half of john so don't know how that's gonna go uh but not well as i would assume not yeah um, I, I don't think they're friends for long the thing is 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 um what eddie didn't mention when he goes into his exposition is that uh he was programmed by general zod and that's not a name that we've seen in the comic books, at least, in, in a little while. So that's 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 an interesting piece of it, too. Uh, yeah. Um, we haven't seen Zod. I don't know. It'll be interesting if we get another Zod story in this uh, universe. I mean, I don't know that Zod actually has to show up, but I just like the fact that there was a callback. and Yeah, it was good. Yeah. So, all right. Um, we're not going to do Aquaman 3 this week because I didn't read it yet. Sorry. Uh, Batman ba- three though. Batman three, I did totally read. Um, first thing I noticed, they changed his utility belt. Yeah, he gets some a little bit different art in this book. Um, yeah. but I still have treads on the on the boots though. That's a Jim Lee thing, and that's carried over. I, I like that actually. Uh, so the story opens with a parallel basically at first i thought uh for a half second it looks almost like uh superman or superman batman's origin uh they're 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 in the alley they're being held up at gunpoint it's a kid and mom and dad looks to be a kid that doesn't look entirely unlike bruce shit goes down but it turns out it's not and the first time i knew it wasn't was because when uh the the robber guy grabs the chain around the neck it's not pearls Right. And then I was like, well, that's definitely not Bruce. Uh, so now what we get a little bit here is the, the backstory for Gotham, uh, not the city, but the superhero and Gotham girl. Right. 
uh, or at least we get a little bit of it. So apparently that event uh, in meeting the Batman, because actually what happens is Batman shows up and saves the day uh, um, in front of the kid who later becomes Gotham. Um, it it kind of gives some backstory on that and, you know, what sort of motivates Gotham and Gotham Girl into doing what they do. Um, and it's super interesting. What also is interesting to me about this is that they give no reason yet why Gotham and Gotham Girl can seem or can fly, seem to have super strength and are, you know, nigh on and vulnerable. Um, oh, that's what it is. Mm-hmm. I didn't finish my notes here, but this is what I was going to write down. Um we get reintroduced to a persona of Bruce Wayne that we've not seen in a really long time. And that is the matches Malone character Mm. only in this particular case, normally matches Malone is um, a thug and he uses that identity to infiltrate mobsters organizations and whatnot. Mm -hmm. In this case though, he's a FBI agent a, a mock fbi agent talking to the parents of of gotham girl and, and oh, gotham. see that's funny because i did not even know that yeah so i was really interested in in that because he was like because they were like agent what did you say your name was and he was like malone but you can call me matches and i was like matches malone like i freaked out <laughs> <laughs> that's funny see like i haven't i haven't been reading comic books long enough but like that totally passed by me i was like why are the okay i guess this is an interesting way to give us some exposition about you know no this is this is something that that bruce wayne's been using for a long long time this is bruce just doing it being the world's greatest detective yep got it yep which which i i mean honestly the snyder run was awesome but i don't think it focused a lot on the detectiving piece of it yeah and this one actually has bruce wayne going out and doing detective stuff and i say bruce wayne but i really mean batman i hope you guys know that yeah uh that's actually kind of my favorite bit is there's this nice little um like gotham you know uh the the kid is kind of saying like i just want you to know thank you for you know this day he's kind of like telling batman the story like you know this day is sort of what changed my life and he he gives this nice little call back you know because after uh, Batman saved the day originally, you know, when uh, Gotham was a little boy, he said something like, you know, th- this is what you need to do with your fear and so on and so forth. Like, here's what you do with your fear. Um, and so there's this nice little callback at the end of the book is Batman's, you know, jumping away, basically saying it's good to see what you did with your fear. Like he totally like the, he gets the, it like he remembers. Yeah. The, the little nod of like, yeah, dude, of course I know. Like, duh. yeah, yeah. Like that's and that's what's great about the Batman character that is being portrayed right now is that. Over the years, Batman has saved umpteen people from muggings and alleys. Oh, yeah, you no got to imagine. But, like, this kid specifically, and maybe he doesn't remember, remember, but having the conversation that he had earlier with the parents. See, but that's the thing. He does remember because that conversation does not come up with the parents. Like, that that conversation, like, uh, with the parents gives him an idea of who they are, but then he, I think Bruce connects the dots and says, oh, yeah, yeah that's, that's the kid. So, yeah. um, so I, I liked it too. I think you're right. Yeah. Um, um, the other thing we get, it, which is the um, the where this book leaves off, is we get a character that we've not seen in the Batman comics in a lot of years, um, mm-hmm. and that's the Hugo Strange character, um, as well as the Psycho Pirate. Psycho Pirate, not necessarily a uh, Bat villain per se, mm-hmm. uh, but he's been, he's been a DC villain for a long time. He's really the last book I remember him being somewhat prominent in was the Zero Hour. Yeah. Series. Uh, the funny thing is the only thing I remember Psycho Pirate from was Final or uh, Crisis Crisis on Infinite Earths yeah yeah, yeah. so um, God, it, it was a solid book like I really enjoyed this uh, issue yeah me too Bat- Batman so far uh, Batman Rebirth has been one of my favorites which you know 
Batman's usually one of my favorites, so it's it's great when the the uh, writing sort of all hits. Yeah, um, I'm enjoying this one. Um, another book I'm enjoying too is Green Arrow, but you didn't read it this week, so sorry. I'm gonna probably read that one as soon as I get home. I can't. The only reason I missed that this week is because I didn't realize it was out. Just here's here's the thing. I'm gonna my last note on here. Canary last panel. Yeah, that that is that is some hardcore tease there. Yeah, yep, that's all I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, you also didn't read Green Lanterns. Yeah, that that one I'm not, not so sad about because Green Lanterns has been one of the weaker books to me. But whatever. Um, let me talk about it real quick since right, you don't free. care that much and I'll, I'll I'll still read it, but so don't spoil anything major. But yeah, mm-hmm. go for it. Well, so we get more okay. bickering between Simon Baz and Jessica Cruz. Oh, a few because they weren't doing that at all. Right. In anything else in this book or the Justice League book or anything? No. Yeah. Yeah. We do find out that Simon Baz's ring is different, or at least he can do things differently with it. Uh, one of the things that he did early on when he first got his ring in the New 52 incarnation, which they've kept in continuity, his brother or brother-in-law, I don't remember which it is, was like hospitalized, seriously hospitalized. And Simon was able to use his ring to heal him. Mm-hmm. And like... The rest of the liners are like, yeah, the ring doesn't do that. And he's like, oh, mine did. <laughs> you know? Um, and the other thing um, that we get, and I am going to spoil a little bit for you, but I don't think it's going to be super huge. But it's if I'm going to talk about the book, I kind of got to mention this piece of it. It's fine. The reason we find this out is because Blease, the Red Lantern, uh, one of the Red Lanterns that's coming to Earth to try and take everything over, he uses his ring against her in that manner and restores her to her previous self from before the red lantern like just removes all rage from her and heals her completely from it Mm. um now this is kind of undone when jessica not knowing that this has happened flies back onto the scene and attacks her (laughs) which sends her into a blind rage and then she all of a sudden becomes what she was again um that part disappointed me so fucking much because i like the blaze character a lot and I, i think they could have done something else with her without her being a red lantern yeah um, but it does talk about Simon's ring. I mean, it, it does it does give you a clue that Simon is able to do things with his ring that other lanterns in the past have not been able to do. And I think that's that's really the coolest part about this book. Um, and then I won't read my last note because that'll be the big spoilers. The, yeah, it'll be the finale of the of the that particular book. All right, uh, not the finale of the book, but the that this issue. By by the next episode, um, yeah. our next episode, um, I'll, I'm sure I'll at least be able to give you a thumbs up or thumbs down on exactly. that issue. Um. Eddie did read Justice League number one, though, and so did I. Yeah, like a good half an hour, ten minutes before the show started. <laughs> um, you see, I, I like this book, actually. Um, and I don't know why I say actually. I've been a pretty big fan of pretty much the entirety of the Rebirth issues. But uh, I, I like Justice League number one. Uh, we get a lot of good good panels, just amazingly awesome-looking panels of uh, uh, a lot of our different heroes. So, like Wonder Woman, you know, the opening panel is Wonder Woman holding a lightning bolt, diving into the fray. The holding the lightning bolt thing is badass because I think it acknowledges a little bit of her heritage having to do with Zeus. Yep. Because I don't think there's just anybody that's going to be able to hold lightning bolts. No. But if Zeus is your dad, you might be able to do like, that. Like, here, Papa sent me with this. Yeah. yeah. He wanted me to give this to you. 
and then yeah so that 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 part's pretty awesome there's a lot of good shots like the lanterns even have a pretty good show of the thing here um you know, jessica whines a little bit simon's like no we can do this uh she's like oh here's the plan he's like but i really wish i could help with the constructs and all that and he's like nah it's fine i got it that's that's actually one of the few things that i thought was good about this is the consistency for this mm-hmm. um because in the green lanterns book that i just talked about she she doesn't have the ability to form constructs yet yeah we get uh pretty good shots with a cyborg and showcasing you know a little bit of what cyborg is um and you know some this this is kind of a i think uh everybody's first comic is a good uh, example like everybody's this you know what is every comic show? is somebody's first comic right thank you uh this one i think is a good example of that because kind of it shows all of our heroes doing that sort of thing like flat flash saves the day by running in and catching a girl you know basically as she's falling through a building sort of thing um and the art man the art is so good like this panel with the flash here is just amazing there's there's obviously a new problem developing Mm -hmm. in this issue um which is good i mean that's i mean we got to have something for the heroes to fight and whatnot um and they're doing kind of a slow burn for it like we don't know exactly what's going on like the the villain so to speak has revealed themselves yet um because this is number one i'm going to be a little bit more lax on this rule but here's the thing with the Justice League comic, and this is this is what the previous Justice League comics did not do, and it was very obvious to me that they did not take place it, it, in a similar time frame to a lot of the other books. Mm-hmm. But this one has to be, because Rebirth just happened. So you have the two Green Lanterns, and Jessica and, and Simon and whatnot. So they need to acknowledge what some of these other characters are doing in other books. Yeah. And they're not doing that yet. Uh, the Jessica construct thing was one of the few examples, but like there's no acknowledgement of anything that Superman's done so far. Um, no acknowledgement of the Aquaman situation. They actually, I think the Superman one is the closest they get because a justice league rebirth kind of hits on that a little bit. And this is just kind of a continuation. Batman doesn't quite trust him. Yeah. So that, that whole thing I think is a little bit there, but still has a little bit of ways to go as well. Um, but like Wonder Woman right now is in the jungle, uh, which we're going to talk about when we get to her issue later. Right. But, so uh, that and, that's and I a don't little... care if you're saying like this happened already and we're past that now and this is what we're doing. Mm-hmm. That's fine. Just just reference like uh, you know read Green Lanterns number two and three or read you know Batman number what anything you're doing like just just give us a clue. And here's the deal: when you do that, there's a chance that a reader might go. You know what? I think I will read Green Lanterns number two and three, and go buy that book too. Yeah, you know, um, um, the interesting interview with uh, between Kevin Smith and Jeff Loeb that I read, where like that is how Jeff Loeb got into comics. Like he bought one at a at a uh, convenience store when he was on vacation, and he, it was Marvel, and it was like to see what Iron Man's doing or was doing previously. Read this issue, and he went back and bought that issue, and then he it was yeah. it led him down another rabbit hole. You know what I mean? Like guys, if you want to make money. Tell people where they can buy more books to read. Yeah, it's not a bad idea, honestly. <laughs> I mean, as long as you're telling, like, relatively... Like, I don't feel... I hate the feeling of, like, oh, man, I'm really missing what's going on in this book if they when they do that. But when you're just making references to basically, like, I think that's a good way to expand the universe and a good way to pick up some different titles. Like, maybe I don't necessarily want to read the Green Lantern books, and we know that's not true with me, but, like... Yeah. But, like, <laughs> if you do that with the other characters as well, like, chances are good. Like, I will go buy the Batman book, or I will go buy the Superman books to find out what's going on. So yeah, for sure. Um, so this book follows along basically as the heroes save the day from a variety of different, um, threats. Um, 
tsunamis atlantis seems to want to fall off into a giant chasm uh they're kind of getting fucked down there yeah it's not good uh tsunamis caused by atlantis falling off into a giant chasm um batman's you know detecting that's cool (laughs) yeah yeah doing what batman does yeah just being all batman and shit um and the the really people start talking red yeah they they they, their their word bubbles are red and that's scary uh, and the other reason it's scary is because they're kind of like, that's our light. You know, they kind of turn into a hive mind. Yeah, they're like, you're, you're stealing our light, lanterns. Uh, and, you know, it's ours. And so the lanterns sort of, like, get depowered pretty quick. Like, they're, you know, basically absorbing the lantern power. And then the, the same thing happens with Barry. They're like, you're stealing the speed. That's our speed. And then Barry can't run all of a sudden. Um, so it, And then suddenly Aquaman talked to Fish, and they're like, oh, never mind. You can yeah. have that. <laughs> kidding. Only kidding. Yeah. But they they do essentially say that give you you've stolen our words, our words. give us back our words yeah so um basically these little hive mind things want whatever the superman heroes are doing at that particular time yeah and they seem, they try and do it with Diana but she's not putting up with that shit yeah no that that this is the best best end of a book ever like I I really love this whole thing like I have friends and they're coming for you that's Diana saying this basically because she's not really having that shit at all like I don't know if they're leeching her power because there's nothing to indicate because she's still beating the shit out of them (laughs) yeah she's still basically amazing she's she's like I am Diana you know princess of um, Thermoscara and I'm Wonder Woman you know like I am Diana Wonder Woman and Amazon like I love that line so first off I love that Wonder Woman's getting some play up because I'm super hyped for the Wonder Woman movie. Dude, this is one of the best things that happened out of the rebirth is like the representation of Wonder Woman in the Wonder Woman book, in the Justice League book, and um, Action Comics, which we'll get to next. Yeah, she's a straight up badass. Like, yeah. I, I really am digging Wonder Woman so far Yeah, uh, in the rebirth titles. Um, and, you know, like I mentioned earlier, you, you do get this, like, what's Superman doing? Because Superman is still an outsider. Like, the rest of this team has sort of worked together, but this Superman is the old Superman who's, you know, who's replacing... Not the Superman that they've been working with yeah. in this continuity. So Batman's like, uh, or I think Cyborg's like, should we get a hold of Superman and have him do stuff? And Batman's, Batman's like, like, nah, he's doing stuff. Yeah, he's doing stuff. <laughs> he's like, where's Batman? Or where's Superman right now? Oh, he was just in Johannesburg. Now he's in New York. Now I think he just saved the president. Yeah, and, like there's this whole stuff. montage of like, oops, there's like you know four or five world-ending cat- catastrophes prevented by Superman. So I really like this like um, sort of like gr- begrudging respect that Batman's got like going on. Like ah, nah, I guess we'll let him do his thing. You know, yeah, whatever. Yeah, and Superman. Aside from those like scenes from a distance, like he's not yet been in Justice League, so that's kind of cool. He hasn't really like he hasn't really gotten to hang out with the team at all. Yeah. Um, he's been just sort of he shows up, beats some shit up, and then flies away essentially. Yeah. Speaking of Superman, yeah. Action over in Action Comics. Comics, he's kind of busy fighting Doomsday still. Yep. Getting his ass handed to him just a wee bit. Yeah. So again, like I mentioned before, like Wonder Woman shows up. I think she showed up at the end of the last book, but we didn't really see her do anything in this book. She's rescuing Clark Kent. Because we have a Clark Kent that we don't know what the fuck he's doing there. Because he's very obviously not Superman because his arm's all broken and Superman's yeah. fighting. Um, so we, we, we get a little bit of that. Um, we <coughs> Excuse me. We get a lot of other stuff, though. Um, some backstory on Doomsday. Mm-hmm. Um, which I don't know if this has been explained in other books because I read the original Death of Superman stuff. Um, 
I didn't read too much of the Doomsday stuff that happened after that because I, I think they did a whole series on that. Um, but essentially, Doomsday was genetically uh, created by subjecting a series of clones to the same death over and over again until they started adapting and not dying. Mm-hmm. Um, but that resulted in a, in a creature that basically hated everything that was alive because it had died so many times. Yeah. Um, and specifically engineered to hunt Kryptonians, which is a bad thing if you're Superman or Superman's kid. Yeah. Um, I didn't read this book either. You didn't read it? I read Action Comics number two. I didn't realize number three is out. I'm reading it right now. 960. If you if you can keep gabbing a little bit, I'll read the rest of it. 960. 960, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, uh, I forgot because Action and action and Detective both went back to original numbering. but They did. You read Detective, right? I did read Detective, yeah. Okay. Uh, at least I'm pretty sure I did. God damn it. <laughs> Which issue of Detective are we did on? You read not, did you not read 959 before this? Like last week? I'm pretty No, I, I, I'm pretty positive I read 959, but I don't think I read 9, 960. Gotcha. So Detective 936 is the most recent, right? 937. Shit. Gee, fucker. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the worst co-host. Jesus Christ. No, that's on me because I didn't point you in the right direction <laughs> yeah if matt doesn't like set out my shoes and my clothes in the morning for me like i just go to school i go to work naked which yeah that's a bad thing where you work because yeah. people eat that food dude <laughs> occasionally yeah um man did i really not that's so stupid all right i'll vamp for a little while yeah okay go for it um so anyway <laughs> um you know what I'll talk about? I'm going to talk about some Spider-Man stuff while you're doing your thing. I also didn't read Spider-Man. because we You don't have to. Because okay. I'm going to talk about some other Spider-Man stuff. Uh, we're not talking about any Marvel comics this week, which you might, might have noticed. Um, and we haven't in, in some time. Um, but that's because there's been so many other comic books to read that it's been hard to like put together a list of stuff to talk about. We're actually going to talk about Civil War uh, 2 next week. Um, because I am all but one book caught up with that now and Eddie only has a few to read now before he's going to be caught mm-hmm. up. So, um that's going to be coming up next week. Um another thing that I did though this week that isn't in the notes because Eddie hasn't read them yet is um I caught up on all my X-Men books and all of my Spider-Man books that I read. And I read Spider-Man, uh Amazing Spider-Man, Silk, which is the story of Cindy Moon who got bit by the same spider as Peter Parker, Spider as Peter Parker, something like that. Um, and I read Spider-Man 2099. Those are all excellent books. I wouldn't read them if they weren't, and I know it might not seem like I'm really discerning because I read so many comic books, but there's a lot of good comic books out there. Um, In fairness, there's like three you don't read. Yeah. Uh, If I had to recommend one title out of all of them, um, I would say the standalone Spider-Man book uh, that revolves around Miles Morales. Super good. Um, I don't even know that he's been Spider-Man in most of the books that I've read. Yeah. But the stories are really good anyway. Um, Plus, they introduced another character a couple issues back that is uh, one of my uh, standout favorites from some of the more recent X-Men stories, which is, uh, I think his, I don't remember his name, Fabio. His name is Fabio, and his his superhero name is Gold Balls. I think we've talked about this before. Yeah, we have. Um, Anyway. His powers? Gold Balls. Yep. That's not even... Like, not his balls, necessarily. Not, not like golden testicles. But he, but he but throws, like, like, gold balls at things. Yeah. 
anyway um if i had to pick one spider-man title i would i would choose that one because to me it's the most compelling here's the thing amazing spider-man about peter parker is fine but peter parker is like an adult now and he's like adulting with his own business and all that good stuff what really made spider-man special was that spider-man was a school kid and spider-man had to deal with being a superhero as well as being a student and somebody's kid in this particular case it was aunt may's um and with miles morales we get a lot of that same thing his parents are still alive and and well um the key thing about this particular spider-man book is that his dad knows that he's spider-man i don't know if eddie's read that much yet yes i think i have i think it was last issue yeah um anyway so his dad knows uh his mom doesn't though and so that makes for an interesting dynamic interesting dynamic there plus he's got to figure out how to be a student with all these powers and he's not doing too hot at that like his grades kind of suck and his grandma's kind of crazy and hires jessica jones to follow him around and find out if he's doing drugs and whatnot um so that's why i like to read that book every week is because it's 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 all about a kid still trying to be a kid but also trying to be spider-man at the same time and be a good spider-man like that's the thing is like he might not be driven to get great grades but he is driven to be the best spider-man that he can be to help out the team like he's super stoked on the fact that he's an avenger like to the point where like meetings with people like tony stark still like make him you know odd with with wonder and and everything like that so check that book out also x-men books um i think eddie's currently reading all new x-men or trying to read all new x-men i haven't read an issue in quite a while but volume one um, I'm completely current up to up through volume two. I'm reading that. Um, I'm reading All New Wolverine, which is Laura Kinney, the female clone of Wolverine. Like that book a lot. I'm reading Old Man Logan, digging that book as well. Uh, what else am I reading when it comes to that? Extraordinary X-Men. That's a good book. Extraordinary X-Men actually centers around uh, Storm's crew. She has moved the X-Mansion into Limbo with the help of Ilyana Rasputin, Colossus' little sis. And they operate out of there. They have um, Ilyana can transport them from Limbo into the real world, and so can their Cerebro unit, which is basically Cerebro that's been put into a Sentinel. <laughs> nice. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, so it can it can shift between Limbo and reality, and it can teleport and all that kind of stuff. So they, they use that. Um, Uncanny X-Men I'm reading as well and that's actually a book that surrounds Magneto so Magneto, Psylocke M uh, who if you've ever read Generation X you know her character pretty well Um, Archangel and a couple others um, are following Magneto who is not a villain at this point he's he's maybe not the hero we want but he's the hero we need (laughs) uh so I'm digging I'm digging those books as well. I, I'm an X-Men mark. Like I'll read X-Men books anyway. I've read a lot. Like if you if you take me back all the way back to Age of Apocalypse, I've probably read every issue of Uncanny and, and regular X-Men since then, as well as the new titles that have come out. So anyway, there's that. Yeah. How you doing on Action Comics? I finished it. Cool. Yeah. 
this this is the fun thing about comics for me. Like I can usually read them all pretty quickly. So uh, it wasn't too bad actually reading like, I don't know, 30 books yesterday. Uh, man, this action comics is really good too. It is, isn't it? I really enjoyed it. Yeah. <laughs> Doomsday backstory, right? A Doomsday backstory is pretty solid and we get uh, Wonder Woman being badass. Wonder Woman being Wonder Woman. Yeah. Like I can't get enough Wonder Woman in this continuity. Like she's amazing. Yeah. Uh, and you know, there was a nice little side with uh, Lois and Wonder Woman kind of like the whole, you know, like in my world we were friends, uh, Lois is saying and, and Diana's like, well, don't worry, we're going to be friends here too. Even though I used to fuck the guy that used to look exactly like your dude yeah 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 that's not awkward yeah so it, you know of course new 52 had uh wonder woman and superman together um and no real mention of lois uh well mention yes but no no relationship with lois whatsoever right. basically so um that My was wife an interesting always hated that. she hated the idea of wonder woman and, and clark being together um and it's funny because apparently so did a lot of people because they 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 retconned the shit out of that yeah, I don't like it as much either, and that's because I don't think that Superman, um, I don't think, I just don't think uh, uh, Diana fits uh, with Clark. Like, Diana's way too brutal, like, when it comes down to it. Like, Diana will kill. Like, she can, yeah. Um, she's just way too brutal, um, com- comparatively, which is, uh, again, another reason why Wonder Woman is amazing. Um, but Yeah, but look at the relationship between Tara and Jax. Good point. I mean... That's a solid, uh, you know, flip in the whole genders there. But yeah, I mean, we're not we're not talking about sons this week necessarily because I didn't watch season three this last week. I will for our next show. But nay, nay, lad, no, you um, did not. Uh, yeah, I mean, she's not exactly. She's well, I can't even tell you that she's killed necessarily, mm-hmm. but Jack's certainly does and it's not within her fucking moral code to do that but they they're still together and that's one of the things about that show that really compels you is you're like man that relationship is fucking solid mm-hmm. you know sometimes <laughs> yeah um it has its moments yeah <laughs> for, for sure so anyway that's i guess that's my point like it i don't necessarily hate the dynamic between those two um it isn't what we're used to it's not it, it's not your mama superman you know, when, when he's with Wonder Woman. But it is... Uh, you're reading Detective, are you? Mm-hmm. Good. Okay. Um, it is... It was interesting to me. Like, and it, and it, I, I'm not going to call it a failed experiment. Like, I think it was, was kind of cool to have that dynamic and have Lois really just be the reporter. Yeah. Meanwhile, Clark's like, oh, yeah. This chick could really have my kids. Yeah. Um... Which actually kind of ties into the Dark Knight 3. I was going to say, it's not an unprecedented continuity move. Like, I think that that's not even the only place that they've been together. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I just, it doesn't feel right to me. Like, and probably this is a little bit of like the whole, it, the whole Lois and Clark thing is a classic pairing. Like, it is one yeah. of the, like, Romeo and Juliet level, like, classic pairings. Um, you know, if you think about, uh, comic book superheroes as being like the modern legends of our day like for sure we're going to remember lois and clark you know well it's kind of and and here's the thing we talked about comic books and how nothing's ever permanent and so on one hand you're kind of like okay clark and diana are a thing but it'll be back to clark and lois someday and I was I was about to to throw that out there, and then I realized that with Spider Man, Spider Man used to be married to Mary Jane, and all of a sudden they retcon that, and that's been years. Mm-hmm. And it looks like they might 
be trying to head back toward that eventually. But uh, but at the end of the day, like he's he's totally not with Mary Jane. Like she does know know him though. She knows that like they were together at one point now, and at least in the continuity that we're currently reading, because she knows he was Spider Man, um, knows he still is Spider Man, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And that's um, one of the cool things about the Amazing Spider Man book that I'm reading is Mary Jane is actually working for Tony Stark now. <laughs> like she's the new Pepper Potts. That's awesome. Yeah, and he's real defensive about that. Like Peter doesn't necessarily like that. She's working for Tony Stark because he knows Tony Stark. Yeah. I, that's what I was just going to say. Say like, so, um, rebound lay for Tony. Or? She, she actually put on the iron spider suit to save their asses. in the last, the last book of amazing Spider-Man. I think I'm gonna have to read that. It's pretty badass. Yeah. I definitely think I'm gonna have to read that. Um, and and for those of you that don't know what I'm talking about, the Iron Spider suit was a suit that Tony Stark designed for Peter Parker during the first Civil War, um, when Peter Parker was aligned with Tony Stark, and not Captain America. Yeah. Anyway, there you go. Okay, what's next on the? I'm I'm doing well. Detective. I'm very that's close the next, to being that's done. The next one on the list. Detective. Yeah. Okay. Well, you've either got to vamp a little bit more, or we got to marker and come back to it for in like three minutes. Three minutes. Yeah. I vamp more? I don't know. I believe in you. You believe in me? <laughs> can I talk about useless shit some more? Yeah. Yeah, well, I probably That's can. not useless, actually. That really piqued my interest in Spider-Man. Like, I want to go read that in, like right now. I know. You just, like, stopped reading that comic book, so... Um, well, I, I didn't do it on purpose. I just, like I said, I need a better idea. Like, we were talking about this before the show started. Um, the, the reason I'm behind on so many of these books is because they all come out so fast and I have a bad time keeping track of all of the different books. So um, I just, I need a system to keep track of what's coming out so I can get a chance to read them all because that's really the only thing that's stopping me. I mean, even reading, I, I think all the, I probably read 10 books last night in about an hour. So, you know, adding one or two to the workload over an entire week is not a problem. It's just a matter of actually making yourself sit down and read it. Yeah, and and like remembering that these books are all coming out at whatever time they're coming yeah. out. So, yeah. Um, all right. So I'm gonna vamp for a few more minutes while he finishes up. And how I'm gonna do that is I did mention earlier um, a Kevin Smith written book um, by Dynamite Comics, which is the Green Hornets Volume One and Two. I'm gonna give you guys some homework because Kevin Smith has written other comic books as well um, that you may not know. He wrote a story um, for Marvel Comics uh, about Daredevil called Guardian Devil. It's available. Uh, wherever books are sold. I don't know. I don't know about that. You can order it, though, on Amazon. They've got it. Um, check your brick-and-mortar store first, though, because, you know, we want to support those guys more than anything else. Um, so that's one you can definitely check. I actually picked mine up at the book bin. It was, I found it used, and I got a really, really good price on it. It's a graphic novel. Um, the actual issues themselves are kind of expensive if, if you find them because it's, 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 a, good, it's a good book. Um, and it, I think it was Kevin's first Mm-hmm. as a comic book because um, he talks a lot these days about learning to write comic books because he, he wrote that book with Joe Casada doing the art and Casada kind of had to teach him the ropes about like you can't put that many words on a page because I have to put pictures on it somewhere <laughs> <laughs> so um, that's a good one and another one is a run that he did for DC on, on Green Arrow um, I think it was volume 4 um, he did the first six books, I think, on that run, and that was called Quiver. Um, it's also collected in trade as well, and you can pick that up too. Again, on Amazon or check your brick and mortar store. So you got homework. Read some Kevin Smith comic books because they're good. See, solid vamping. I I knew my my trust was well placed. <laughs> okay, so I just finished Detective. Cool. Yeah, 
Uh, I also really like this book too. Detective is actually probably my favorite Batman book right now. I think so too. Because we get we get Batman, mm-hmm. but we also get Red Robin because he's my favorite Robin ever, and I don't. I'll I will argue that point forever. So yeah, because he's super smart. Not a popular choice, I think. I think if you're thinking of Robins, you're probably thinking of Dick Grayson. But um, Jason Todd, not not Jason Todd, sorry, Tim Drake. Tim Drake is a super good Robin. Much like Wally West, Tim Drake is the Robin that I came into my own uh, in comic books with. Like, he was the Robin. Yeah, for sure. So that's probably why I gravitate towards him. But they also did a really good job. Like, I think the thing about the mid or, yeah, early, early to late 90s, I think the thing about those is that they did a super good job of creating characters that people cared about. Mm-hmm. They weren't just guys in tights anymore. Like there, there was even Robin had a dog in the fight, mm-hmm. you know, um, and they did a really good job um, conveying that. Um, plus the art back in those days was second to none. Like you didn't pick up a comic book that had shit art like the Batgirl one that we read earlier. Sorry yeah. guys. Sorry. I don't mean to be I don't mean to dog on people because it's art and it's somebody's it's somebody's art and it's special to somebody. Just not me. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say I I'm sorry, I know you put a lot of work into it, but no, it's not. Um, I don't like it. That's why Image did so well. Mm-hmm. Image was actually done by a bunch of people who were artists. And that's the thing. Image sold books like crazy with the exception of a few books like spawn a lot of those stories were shit <laughs> but they looked beautiful so people wanted to read them so um anyway detective uh batwoman makes some bad decisions she's not good at deciding things that's what i've decided yeah um so basically batman is trapped um he's been caught by uh colonel What's his fuck? Yeah, Colonel Kane. It's it's Batwoman's father. Yeah. I can't remember. I don't think we talked about nine thirty six on the show, um, but you know that basically was covering that this was whole the thing. Big reveal. Yeah, the big reveal essentially is they're building sort of some sort of like Bat Army uh, right. without uh, Bruce's supervision or um, consent. Um, consent. And the Bat Army, it does not. It, the Bat Army is basically the army, but with cooler technology. Um, they kill. They do all the things the regular army does. And Bruce is not. Is such a fan of that. Colonel Kane is Bruce's uncle. Yeah. Um, yeah. The Canes and the and the Waynes did not get along. No. They talk about that, I think, in 936, I, I think. I think it might even be 935, but one of those books, they do sort of talk about the relationship between the Waynes and the Canes. Yeah. Um, and that, that sort of is a whole interesting backstory, too, because, of course, um, Cassandra? Yeah. Cassandra Kane. Uh, is you know Batwoman, and that's you know almost purely out of Bruce's respect. Like she took up the mantle on her own, but Bruce you know let her keep it because she's she's good at it and she's you know like the right kind of person for it. Because um, trust me, if Bruce don't want you to be a bat person, you ain't gonna be a bat person. This this is true. I mean, like if he you know when it comes down to it, if she really if he really didn't want Cass- Cassandra to take it up, he could have just broken both of her legs. You know. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so it still keeps up with his code of not killing. Yeah, it's fine. It's kind of like in T2 when he shoots all the cops with a minigun and he's like, they all get shot in the knee and whatnot. He's like, I didn't See, kill anyone. Yeah. No one, nobody died. Yeah. yeah. Um, that was terrible. So it was both my, our parts. Yeah. yeah. I apologize. <laughs> I don't. Yeah. Um, I've kind of made it my shtick to do shitty impressions of other people's <laughs> impressions on this show. <laughs> Except for my Batman. My Batman is my own. Yeah. 
Well, which was good actually. My, my, uh, my Kevin Conroy Batman. Yeah. So this book follows basically as um, Batman's been captured by the uh, the rogue Bat Army. Um, I don't know if they. I'm and sure the they're calling it the, something cooler than that. The rest of the Bat Crew, um, actually, following the events of 936, the the Red Robin and uh, Batwoman and the rest of the crew escaped from uh, from Colonel Kane and yeah. his and his group, uh, which. So we we pick up their story in a secret tunnel that Tim had built that has like false exits and all that kind of stuff. So yeah. he's he's basically covered his ass and everybody else's by having kind of the stuff built in. Yeah, somebody says something like, "What the hell? Why is this even down here?" And he's like, "Well, imagine you were 16 and had an unlimited money and uh, you know, a lot of boredom. Yeah. What would you do?" Yeah. Um I built so, tunnels. Yeah. He built the you know crazy amounts of subway tunnels and you know bat bullet uh, uh, subway car sort of things. Yeah. yeah, ultimately that's that's I have bat train. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. No 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 no. Um, anyway, ultimately this tunnel leads to uh, the middle of Gotham, right underneath Wayne Tower. Yeah. Um, because Tim built an incredible fortress that basically has bullet trains that can get you to anywhere in town that you need to be faster. Ten times faster, I think he said, than the Batmobile. Yeah, um, which you know goes goes to your fandom of uh, Tim Drake as Robin. Yeah, because he's fucking badass. <laughs> he's like, you know, this Batmobile idea is cool, but since we're like a bajillionaire, uh, why don't we just make it way, way better? Yeah, why don't why don't we do something that actually matters? Yeah, so it's like, that's cute. Now let's make a real transportation system. Yeah, yeah I liked him. Yeah, um, so we have that, and then. Um, the other thing that we that we learn through this is, and and again, I've talked about some, about this on the show uh, before, the League of Shadows, which we've heard about with Ra's al Ghul, yeah, uh, and the League of Assassins. We have always kind of assumed that those terms are just interchangeable. They both refer to the same organization, just by different. Yeah, more or less. It sort of depends on what continuity you've been reading. I think League of, League of Assassins has been typically more of the comic book mm-hmm. sort of uh, incarnation, and then League of course of Shadows. The, the Nolan the Nolan movies adapted with the League of Shadows. So, and then the Arrowverse is League of Assassins as well, or is it Shadows? I think it's Assassins, but I'm not positive. Yeah. So, but we've always been assumed that they're synonymous with one another. Pretty much, yeah. Um, it turns out they're not. No. Um, so. Colonel Kane kind of reveals that the League of Shadows. Is it the Shadows? Yeah, it's Shadows. And Bruce is like, they don't exist. It's just, this is. Yeah, the Tokus Pocus, like, right. made to scare kids, basically. Yeah, this, and, is, this is made to cover Ra's al Ghul's ass. Yeah, and Kane's like, you naive little boy. Of course, it's the Shadows, you know, blah, yeah. blah, blah. So we find out there actually is a League of Shadows. Um, which is going to take the story to different places than, than we're currently at. Um, where the book leaves off is Robin and crew, Red Robin and crew break in and yeah, Kane, Kane Colonel Kane is sort of vamping about uh, uh, how he's going to kill Batman and, you know, his daughter's going to lead this bat army and, you know, given the choice, of course, what would she pick? And she happens to walk in the room right there and she's like, I'll tell you what my choice is. And then she, you know, orders the crew to attack. Yeah. 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 So, so, you know, th- this is funny because, um, this is another character. Like I have no familiarity with Batwoman whatsoever. I have very little familiarity with uh, Tim Drake and Red Robin. I think I only read the first two issues of Batwoman with the New Fifty Two. 
But but I didn't like it that much. Here's another like oh all of a sudden I care about this character now. Yeah yeah so yeah I I re- detective like I mentioned to Eddie like I think is probably my favorite of the bat books that are out right now. I dig it a lot. Yeah, and I I think I probably agree. Like I I do like the main Batman title. Um, but I I think I I think detectives kind of win me over a little bit more. I just like the whole concept of like. Batman has finally realized that there's a team that needs to be put together, mm-hmm. and it's not Batman Inc. Yeah, it's 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 different. The one thing that I think is lacking about it is we do have a Robin now, and it's Damien, mm-hmm. and I don't see Damien standing idly by and letting this team form without him. There's so many things actually. <laughs> have we seen Damien really in any major way in any of the books? Like Nightwing. I think I, Nightwing, Nightwing is the only is one, it. and even then, I barely call his presence in Nightwing more than a cameo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, he's been in both the Nightwing books. He was in both Rebirth and the Nightwing yeah, number one. But, so. it, but I mean, both books, it, it's like barely there at best. Yeah. Like they had a little bit of sparring with Bruce in Nightwing number one, and they had him basically getting taken out to the arcade in Nightwing Zero, uh, Rebirth rather. Um, so yeah, I, I will be interested if they decide to or when they decide to incorporate Damien into the, um, the Rebirth, the Rebirth uh, um, continuity. Continuity, yeah. I'll just finish all your sentences. It's fine. Thanks. That's good. You complete me. <laughs> all right. Um, on to the next. Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps. This one I did read and I really enjoyed. I did too. Yeah. Um, I don't know that it was quite as strong as the Rebirth book because there's something about the imagery of the Rebirth book with him forging his ring. Oh, yeah. I, f- I freaking that love was, that. that. Like, was, no joke. Like, yeah. It, it, like, I get chills. Like when I when I look at those it is those pages. It's for me that that book did the same thing, and I cannot understate this because as much as like we've talked about like Kevin Smith and uh, Paul Dini basically turning into blubbering babies, you know about all of these different things. Um, when I watch Star Wars: The Force Awakens at the end, and Kylo tries to pull the saber. Yeah, and it flies right past and goes yeah, to Ray. Yeah, you still tingle, right? Oh like, yeah, I yeah. still do. Every single time I watch it, I get the little tinglies, and I'm just like, "Oh, it happened!" Uh, and I get the same sort of feeling about uh, the the Hal Jordan rebirth, forging his own re- ring, sort of. Segway for a minute. Yeah. Episode seven. Yeah. It wasn't a perfect movie by any means. No. But the people that sit there on the internet and just pip, pick it apart and try to rip it to shreds. Those have got to be the most bitter fucking people I've ever seen in my life because that movie was it's, such a nod to everybody that's ever loved Star Wars. And if you don't get that, then see, stop loving Star Wars. That is the thing like, that I think that they do not understand. This movie, like the the worst criticism that I've heard railed against it is it's a ripoff of Episode Four. Uh, and the thing that they don't get is deliberately so. Like yeah. they deliberately hit a lot of these different tropes in a slightly different way, so you would understand. Guys, we're making Star Wars. We're not making was... Phantom Menace. We're not making Attack of the Clones. We're making a fucking Star Wars movie. And so here's how we're gonna set this it up. This was absolutely JJ going. Hey, guess what, guys? We get what this movie's about. Yeah, uh, and they've already said. Like, I think they're even on record, like having interviewed, saying yes, we wanted it very we, we much. We took to it feel... back. That was that was JJ's thing. He's like, we wanted to take this back. Yeah, and make it ours again. Yeah, we wanted we wanted this deliberately to be a callback, an homage, if you will, to Episode Four. That they're similar is not a a mistake. It is not hacky writing. It is quite deliberate. And so I can understand if you don't like that, but um, man, but at least understand why. Yeah, understand why. And the secondary thing, like, it's gonna be a lot of people's first Star Wars movie. Could go wrong a million different ways. 
everybody's Star Wars movie is somebody's first Star Wars movie. <laughs> or every Star Wars movie. Yeah, something like that. You get it. Yeah. Um, um, so let's talk Hal Jordan. Yeah. Um, so we start out with Hal being Green Lantern again. He's got his ring. Yep. And he's he's got the old white gloves and everything. Yeah, he's he's good. Speaking of that, Ryan Reynolds movie, biggest flaw, no, no white gloves. No white gloves, yeah. Pissed me off a lot. Anyway. Damn it. I know it's, it seems petty, but Jesus Christ, it's it's what we've always had. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's searching for the core. Mm-hmm. And like you do when you're Hal Jordan, you're like, where the fuck did the core go? Yep. Um, and then we, we cut over to Sinestro being all old. Yeah, really old. In fact, all um, old and frail. I don't think Eddie read the um, Sinestro books. No. Uh, from the New 52. Actually really good and probably, I think it was less than 25 issues. Okay, because it it started like halfway through the the whole thing, so you could probably bang that out in a week if you yeah. wanted to. But it explains why he's all old. Yeah. Um, we also see his daughter Sornik Natu talking with uh, the creepy seer lady. Yeah, whose name she... escapes me. This... M- me as well. But I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, they covered her up. Mm-hmm. Sornick has always kind of had the low cut thing like all the way down past her boobies and now it's all like enclosed and you know it's gonna sound really sexist to me but she's not nearly as hot now. <laughs> uh, no they drew her weird like even her face and stuff like that isn't the same as what she was because she used to be a Green Lantern. Yeah like I have no familiarity with her character at all so none she's, of this bothers me at all. Well she's Sinestra's daughter. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, no, I get that. Uh, sorry, I thought we were talking about um, the seer lady. No. Yeah, no, Sinestra's daughter. And actually, they her costume her, yeah. her costume makes sense to me because um, she looks like a yellow lantern, essentially. Like, it, yellow lanterns, basically, their costumes, to me, look like takes on green lanterns. So, um, it's fine. Kind of. Kind of. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I, I mean, I, I'm not... I'm not downing on the. I'm not down on the book because of that. But her 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 whole thing is interesting because she seems like she's a little bit good. Like she she's leaning on the good side of things, and she's like finally happy. Oh yeah, that's quite different. Yeah, that's that's her as a GL. Yeah, that that actually changes it quite a bit. And she dated Kyle Rayner too. Yeah. So uh, the thing here is like um, the Yellow Lanterns basically having taken over. Wow, nice. Um, the Yellow Lanterns basically have become somewhat of a positive force in the universe uh, and somewhat have earned their place as replacements for the Green Lanterns. After their disappearance. After their disappearance. And uh, then Sinestra's like, well, fuck that. And we've we've got to make people hate us again. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> the Green Lanterns have been fine for like all of 10 seconds since they got out of that black hole thingy. Uh, let's let's do something about that. Yeah. That's the thing, he doesn't even know they're back yet. Yeah, I know. I'm just kidding. It's He's just, just like... Well, we made the universe trust us. Let's fuck it up. Yeah. <laughs> that was a solid plan. Now let's immediately make them distrust us. So uh, the Green Lantern, er, Sinestro is basically like uh, having taken over the power of Parallax, which is a big thing we can't skip over. Uh, so backstory. Yeah. Sinestro, um, for the better part of the Sinestro series, actually had Parallax within him. Like he contained him. Wow. Which is a big deal, um, and I'm not talking deal. about the parallax from the movie because no, this that's parallax absolute shit. Uh, th- this parallax is like a galactic force more than a, a like all of the lanterns, big fucking deal. Light spectrums have something 
um, like it's it's kind of like an avatar. Mm-hmm. Um, for the Green Lanterns, it's Ion, which looks like a giant blue whale. Mm-hmm. Um, for the uh, Red Lanterns, it's the Butcher, which looks like a giant bull. Mm-hmm. And then uh, you have, uh, which I think is dead. And then Parallax, obviously, is is the embodiment of fear, and it's like a giant. It looks like a parasite, like a parasitic demon creature. Yeah, very demon like. Um, uh, so for a a being to actually like harness Parallax and and control it, uh, he knows what he's doing. He knows his way around fear and whatnot. And that's Sinestro, and that's fine. That's I I I have no problem suspending disbelief for anything like that because that is what Sinestro is. Um. Yeah, he just really decides he's gonna fuck up everything they've done in the last several months. He does because he's uh, all old and withered, and then he's like, "You know what, Parallax, you're gonna be my bitch again, and I'm gonna use you to make me young." But uh, the other thing that I love about this set of panels is we get the um sort of anti Green Lantern uh, uh mantra. So you know, in, in Darkest Day and Blackest Night, uh, you know, yeah, yeah, no evil shall escape. He's got myself. his own oath. Yeah, Sinestro's is in Blackest Day and Brightest Night. Uh, beware your fears made into light. Let those who try to uh, stop what's right burn like my power, Sinestra's might. Um, Here's the thing, um, and this is this is subtle. So if you're if you're a casual comic book reader, maybe you don't notice this so much. But all of the lanterns are known as the Red Lanterns or the Green Lanterns or the Blue Lanterns or whatever. Sinestro's group is the Sinestro Corps. Yeah. It is not the Yellow Lanterns. They he, are the Sinestro Corps. He is a little bit... Uh, he's got a little bit of a narcissism a problem. Yeah, yeah, he's a little bit narcissistic, yeah. So um, so that's that's kind of the overall tone of this, is he's basically sending his Sinestro Corps out. Um, now that they've established order, mm-hmm. they want to control. And so he's sending them out to establish fear and everyone so that he can keep the entire universe in line through fear. Yeah. It's much like the Death Star in the original Star Wars movie. Yeah. And we've got basically the finally um uh Green Lantern Hal Jordan gets into a little bit of a scrap up with some uh, other guys here and he's cocky and wonderful. Like uh first off, it makes it even better if you read it as Nathan Fillion. Like <laughs> it does. Which I Captain Mel which I do like I, yeah. now, especially now that I've seen the animated properties with uh, uh, Nathan Fillion as the voice of Green Lantern. Like I definitely do read it as um, um, well, and he does aim to cause some mischief. So yeah, <laughs> it, it's so perfect, and I don't think that that is entirely an accident whatsoever that no. they came so similar to the lines. Um, so he gets into a bit of a scrap up with some um, you know bad dudes essentially, and then the Yellow Lanterns show up, and they're presumably going to get all mad, but they get all scrappy with. Uh, GL. Yeah, because Hal's like, you know what, guys? I don't have time for your shit. Yeah. He's like, you know, I am Hal Jordan. I've done this before. Um, and then finally, in the, the last bit of it, we get sort of a green crack in space where the rest of the Lantern Corps emit, appears from. Yeah. And that's kind of the end of they've, the book. They've been in another, well, not even another universe, the universe that existed previous to the current universe. Gotcha. Because in this particular thing like a universe will die and then be reborn okay and whatnot the light spectrum spectrum has a lot to do with that like it's um the light that powers the the ring bearers essentially is what keeps the universe alive and there's a well Mm -hmm. and when that well runs dry then the universe crumbles and 
then it's reborn and whatnot. So that's kind of how they do things. Yeah. Uh, next up, Nightwing number one. Yeah. Um, you know, this is the book that I think was most forgettable to me. Um, and I don't think that was because, that's because you didn't read Greenlanders number three. Oh, there you go. <laughs> um, it it was all right. Yeah, the Nightwing book didn't blow me away, and this Nightwing book I don't think really blew me away either. I like Nightwing as a character. Here's the thing. The positives about it, it did explain a little bit more about the Parliament of Owls. Yeah. Um, and why they're the Parliament and not the court and all that kind of stuff. So we got a little bit of that in the Nightwing Rebirth, and then we got even more in the in the uh, Nightwing number one. Mm-hmm. Um, we got a little bit of Batman in this book, basically, because... Dick goes, hey, uh, so they want me to do this, but I want to do this instead because he's, you know, obviously still working under undercover. Um, and Batman's like, why do you keep asking me for advice, dude? Just go do your thing. <laughs> yeah, he's kind of like you're a big boy now. Like, yeah. you, you know, like I appreciate it, but go Quit. with it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I um, actually did like that moment. I, uh, that was, I think, pretty solid. And we found out a little bit more. Like, it wasn't quite as apparent to me in Nightwing Rebirth that the parliament was holding uh, Damien hostage with a bomb. See, I did get that, actually. I, I got pieces of it, but it, like, it didn't really make it as clear until I read this book. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. See, like, I don't know. I think Nightwing so far has been a little all over the map. It has. It, it's literally all over the map because he's in Russia half the time. Yeah. So it, this book was a little bit of a diff- more difficult read, I think, because it is a little bit, like, uh, just all over the map. Not, And I don't mean, like... Like, you know, geologically speaking, I mean, the book is just kind of everywhere at once and it doesn't, it's not entirely clear. So, yeah. So the premise is that he, Nightwing is working for the Parliament of Owls um, undercover. Like he's trying to get in deeper with the Parliament so he can bring them down. Yeah. They don't know that he's removed the bomb from Damien. They think that they're still holding that over his head. Um, And then they bring in a new character in Nightwing number one named Raptor. And he's supposed to be partnering with uh, Dick to bring him in line because the court doesn't or the parliament still doesn't approve of his methods because he he's not a killer yeah um and i think my final note is that raptor slaps his dick <laughs> basically um raptor slaps the shit out of dick like yeah. he just really beats he that, likes slapping dick he beats that dick down <laughs> yeah um, um yeah and that's where it ends yeah we'll 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 keep rating just for the sake of like because we like the character i'll give it at least five issues i yeah. think but it's so far to me it's been lackluster at best yeah. you said that about aquaman and now you're like i like that book yeah well i gave it three i gave it five issues at least so i i think i got to issue two or three and it's okay it's taking you haven't its got own. to three yet otherwise we're talking about two it. yeah okay Dick. so yep <laughs> uh red hood red hood and the outlaws really like this one uh, one of my standout favorites from this week so this book follows red hood who is uh, jason Jason todd Todd, of course jason todd being a former robin who was killed by the joker robin part yes uh who was killed by the joker and brought back by the lazarus pit um which we actually get that backstory in this yeah so number one is it's got a nice little um callback to that and it gives you a little bit of idea where the character came from which i really enjoy uh next uh, and the other thing that it does is it sets it up to make it seem like he's a bad guy like he basically goes out and kills the mayor yeah just shoots him point blank i i love that the misdirection here that's actually one of my notes is yeah. uh, because we we get further into the book and then we see him meeting with batman jason todd has set up base 
under GCPD, and not <laughs> just like it. not just like a precinct, like one PP. Like, yeah, <laughs> he he is under like he's where Commissioner Gordon works. Like he's yeah. right down there. Um, yeah, and uh, and then you get Batman. He's like the mayor's fine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you you shot him with some shit, and he was like, yeah, <laughs> I did. He he he. In fact, not only he was, was basically he fine, infected with like a nanovirus or something yeah he's like no i like uh you saved him why didn't you just tell me that to, to begin with blah blah blah. and so this is another thing like you know like i'm trying to get in good with these you know bad guys and they're the only way they're well, going to trust me is if they think i do bad and shit, there's, a, so. there's a trust issue between jason todd and batman because jason has jason as a robin was a little too enthusiastic about beating the fuck out of people sometimes yep and so Batman never really gave him the freedom that the other Robins had. Mm-hmm. And this is this is part of Jason's problem with Batman still is, uh, why don't you trust me? He feels just, a little bit like a stepchild. Just trust me to do the right thing. Mm-hmm. And it goes back, and they actually bring this into the backstory when Jason first meets uh, Batman, and he's talking all kinds of shit about Bruce Wayne being a billionaire and this, that, and the other thing. And Batman says, you know, the thing about people is... Uh, if you give them a chance, they'll usually prove you right. I think they'll usually surprise you. Or surprise you. They'll usually yeah. surprise you. And so he kind of turns that against Bruce Wayne or yeah. slash Batman when he's like, why don't you just trust me to make the right decision? Just let me surprise you. Yeah. So um, really dug this this particular story. Um, and then, you know, basically by the end of the book, he he's going to be going undercover um, into uh, Black Mask's gang, it seems like. Yeah, that's the thing. Basically, the shooting the mayor, which, you know, n- nobody except for, you know, him and Bruce basically know was a good thing at this point, was a sort of uh, intri- um, an, an audition, if you will, for the Black Mask Gang. So he gets invited into that, and, you know, that, that whole thing is starting to go down now. So, yeah, this was a standout for me. Like, I really enjoyed this book. Um, Same. Actually, so, all these books that were, these last three books that we're going to talk about after this one, they, they were all pretty decent. Yeah. I think that's all I really have about Red Hood. You want to go on to The Flash? Yeah. Okay, yeah, so sure. the, the Flash number three. The Flash number three follows Barry's shenanigans as the um, world gets basically, uh, not the world, but Central, Central City, City, gets hit by uh, Speed Force Lightning and makes a whole bunch of speedsters. Like, not dozens. just one, but dozens of speedsters. Uh, this I also really enjoyed. So, number one, we get August, who's sort of like figuring out and I really kind of hope that we get a an entirely new character, an entirely new speedster out of this. Although I don't suspect we will. I think he's going to get, you know, lose the power because they, you can't have dozens of speedsters, and if they lose yeah. their power, chances are good he's probably going to as well. Although he did get hit first, yeah, before the storm hit. So I mean, there's a chance. There is a chance, but I, I kind of think that he's going to revert too because, like I said, or like you said, you can't really have dozens of speedsters I, running around. So here's the thing: I feel like if he does keep his powers, he's going to be a villain. He's already kind of shown some tendencies to be like, well, yeah, we're see, cops, I, but like if we're these guys, we don't have to be the cops. Yeah, there, so. there is like the whole scene of dialogue where they're like, Barry's like, no, we should follow the law. And he's like, but we can run really fast. And Barry's like, yeah, but we need to process. And the other guy's like, but no, seriously, we can run really fast. Yeah. So that's, I feel like, I feel like if we do keep him as a speedster, he's not going to be a good guy. Yeah. I think you're probably right about that. So, um, but I, I, so far, I'm digging where the story is going. Um, we get Star Labs in this quite a bit because they're yeah. like, guess what? There's a school for gifted speedsters now. 
<laughs> I'm glad you said that because I had the exact same thing. I was like, well, where's Professor X? You know, like yeah. <laughs> in this case, Professor X is a hot chick who is also a speedster. Yeah. Yeah, she is. She's pretty rad, too. Yeah. I did like the backstory with the little girl that couldn't stop vibrating. Yeah. And, like, he was like, well, if I was a little girl, I'd want to... No, he didn't say that. <laughs> no. no. Um, he, uh, she's a teenager. Don't don't think I'm... Yeah. Creepy. Creepier. Yeah. Well, teenager yeah. makes it less creepy, I think. But yeah, anyway. well, whatever. Um, no, he, he, he goes and teaches her how to control it so her mind isn't causing her body to do crazy vibrating things yeah so she can basically function as a human you're right because like she can't even talk at a normal clip like everything's like blended together and and whatnot when she's yeah. trying to talk her word bubbles were really difficult to read they were it took me longer to read that than it should have for a speedster yeah like i was like this is this is doing the opposite i think that, yeah, that this is way slowing me down not the other way yeah right? yeah um and following that piece we get introduced to probably the person who's behind all this which is another speedster named Godspeed. Godspeed. Yeah, that was a pretty solid panel. I like that. I like the white costume. That's different than anything they've done. Uh, you know, I'm not familiar. Like I said, my, my comic reading has really only kicked up in the last couple of years, so I haven't read any Godspeed at all. I mean, you've all. seen the reverse flash, obviously, with the, yeah. the yellow. Yeah. And then we've seen the Wally West suit, which is like the old one, which was primarily yellow with some red. And then, yeah. Um, and then his new suit, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Yeah, we will. Yeah, and so I mean, there's been all sorts of Zoom. Yeah, what? And see, here's the thing: like in the comic books, Zoom and Reverse Flash are kind of not all that different. No. Whereas in the TV show, like they're Reverse Flash, two entirely Zoom different are, characters. Yeah, way different. So, um, God, I can't wait for that show to come back. Yeah, same. Yeah. Anyway, uh, overall, super good story. Um, I'm excited about it. This is this is actually one of the books that I buy physically, not just digitally. So, like, I'll, I I got to get down to the shop and actually pick up my issues because uh, so far I haven't picked up any of them and they're holding yeah. it for me. I'm digging where this is going to. Yeah. The next book is another standout, I think, and that's Wonder Woman number three. Yeah. So, so Wonder Woman's doing something interesting with their with the the books. Um. So issue number one was the current storyline. Issue number two is kind of a zero year or a year one storyline. They're alternating between. So next issue, issue four will be back to the year one thing. Mm -hmm. And then issue five will be a continuation of the story. So we actually are kind of getting two stories a month. Yeah. Since this is, I think this is a biweekly title. I'm pretty sure. Cause it's coming out on the same schedule. I think as Batman and, and Superman. Um, but the story with Cheetah that we're that we're reading right now is pretty badass. Like um, in the issue, in the end of number one, like we we saw Diana actually get through the jungle and and find who we found out was Cheetah. She knew we knew she was looking for help from somebody. We didn't realize that it was going to be Cheetah. Yeah. Um, and even Cheetah, like th this is issue number three. Is basically where we get like Cheetah's like, really, you're coming to me? Like, right? This I, this this story was really good. I was very happy. Yeah, and as much as I complained about in the art and some other books, this one is the opposite for me. It like it is standout good. Yeah, like yeah. the um the face like Cheetah's face. Cheetah's face, but like take a look here. Even oh, these Trevor. panels with yeah. Trevor, uh, just really well drawn. Like uh, very very good. Yeah. Um. 
we do see Trevor uh, quite a bit in this book. Um, in fact, he and his team of of I don't know are they mercenaries? I don't think so. They don't but seem like they're legit they, like army. I think they are a legit army of some sort, but I think they're like a super secret, like more like Delta Force than, than yeah. anything else. Um, so he and his crew find a magic jungle. Yep. Um, and ultimately, what we find out is Cheetah is cursed. Yep. And the dude that's cursed her is um, her husband, really. Yeah. Who's worshipped as a god. Um, only he's punishing her, and she thinks it's because um, he wasn't her first. Yeah. Uh, but Diana says, no, no, he's not doing it because of that. He's doing it because he can. Like, he's a yep. dick, basically. Um, we also find out that Steve Trevor and his crew are basically after the same guy. Because they're trying to track down some slaves that were kidnapped, mm-hmm. um, and they're trying to free them, and but they were kidnapped ultimately by the same dude that is Cheetah's husband slash weird god thing. Yeah. Um, and so Cheetah says, after some really emotional dialogue between Diana and, and Cheetah, um, Cheetah says, "I will help you on one condition, and that's you help me kill this dude." And yeah. Diana says, "You have my word." Yeah. See, like this is this is a perfect example of what I was saying before. Like, this is not something Superman would ever do. Yeah, yeah. So, solid. I still, book. I still don't think that condemns the relationship, but I get what you're saying. It doesn't, but it it is so. Uh, you know, Superman not killing is kind of one of the 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 I think that's cornerstones one of, of his character. Just kind of has to be like, well, she's a hot piece of ass, so I guess I got to let it happen. <laughs> I mean, her name is Wonder Woman. Could I not do that? No, she's she's no, the only one I that must. can conceivably contain my my semen. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, I don't really have a lot to say about this book. The the, the story is uh, you, know, you pretty much nailed all the story points. And the one thing that I want to talk about was the standout art. The second thing I wanted to talk about was um, the relationship that they set up between Cheetah and Diana. Um, I think it's maybe a little bit different than I, I expected it to be, and I really like it. So, Very much adversarial in a way, but yeah. at the same time, like she's like. <clears throat> so the deal with Cheetah is that she is in the position that she's in because she made some bad decisions, and Diana really truly did try and stop her from making those decisions back in the day. Yeah. Um, I I haven't read the specific books, but I'm familiar enough with the backstory that like I I get that piece of it. Um, and it kind of seems like Cheetah's coming around a little bit. Like she doesn't necessarily hate Diana. She says she does, but I don't think she really does. Yep. Yeah, that's actually a piece of dialogue because Diana's like, well, hate and love can exist simultaneously. Like, they're not mutually exclusive, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, yeah. To me, the, the the relationship dynamic between Barbara and slash Cheetah and uh, and Diana is is probably the standout feature of this book. It's so well written. Yeah. Like that. I I can't. It's it's hard to emote verbally that how well that that it, that it is written yeah they they did an amazing job i think with that whole that whole story element um yeah titans 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 man titans is really good so uh, first off i love the opening because it gives a little bit of exposition about how wally returned so i think this is number one right yeah, Titans yeah. number one. So this is we've read uh, Rebirth. We've yeah. read Rebirth. Uh, we know Wally's back. He's been reunited with the Titans, uh, Niatine, 
Um, and it kind of is talking a little bit about how, you know, like he was Kid Flash and then he was the Flash and the love of his life was Linda Park. And now he can't be Kid or now he's not Kid Flash anymore. I, uh, I don't even have this in the notes, but what you're getting to is actually one of my favorite pieces of the book. The first couple pages actually talk about it's kind of a recap again of see, this is this did get a little bit repetitive to me. It ever so, so slightly, yes, because we saw this in the rebirth book. And then we saw it again in one of the flashbooks. And then we saw it again in Titans number one. Yeah. Or the Titans Rebirth. So to see it a fourth time, I'm just like, okay, yeah, we get it. I mean, and I understand that every comic is somebody's first comic. And yeah. This, that, and the other thing. Um, but this did get a little bit tired. But then all of a sudden it didn't. Because then it explained that Barry was like, well, you can't wear that costume anymore because you're not Kid Flash. Like, you got to yeah, do something Yeah, you're a different. Flash. You are, you are a Flash now. Yeah. And so the next panel, of course, is the new costume, which is very, very... Um, it, it's very reminiscent of the Kid Flash costume, but basically solid red, like the regular Flash costume. With silver, the silver lightning bolt instead of gold. Like, I dug Yeah, I dug super that. good. Um, and I really dig the explanation, too. He's like, I, I talked to Barry and told him that I would... Re- you know rearrange the molecules of my costume yeah i'm like oh okay you can do that that's fine (laughs) um so i like that um and then we meet up in the loft nightwing's loft with uh with the rest of the crew and and then he's talking to god what's her name um um i'll get back to you in a second but yeah yeah and she's trying to read his mind and she's like omen omen yeah omen's like yeah there's a girl and yeah, let me just pull out as much useful information as I can. Yep, nope, just the girl. That's all I can get. Could you, you could really you maybe want a bonus check, huh? yeah? Could yeah. you maybe think of something else for just a second? Just yeah. a second. So this, of course the girl he's thinking about is Linda Park. Yeah, this was kind of cool. And then what's also nice about this book is it flows really well because mm-hmm. then we go from that to Linda Park. Yeah, who for whatever reason lives in squalor. Yeah, it seems that that was kind of weird. Um, but then she's like, so that guy kind of creeped me out, but like, if there's a new speedster around, like, I want to figure out what's going on. Yeah. Um, so we're, we're going to see this from both angles. It looks like we're going to see it from Wally's perspective and from Linda's perspective. And that's going to be kind of cool. Um, one of the other key things is that Donna Troy that I mentioned, I really like Donna Troy. Uh, you didn't, but I did too. Once or twice. I think I probably did last, last time we talked about Titans. She's one of my favorite characters. Um, so Roy Harper, aka Arsenal, um, aka formerly Speedy, yeah, they go out hunting for criminals because they think that they know a specific criminal that can point them in the right direction, um, and they kind of go to a drug den, yeah. And Roy actually acknowledges his his past drug use, like for the first time in a really long time. I really like that actually. Yeah, I thought this is another like nice homage to the old stories. Yeah, um, and then Donna Troy's like, "So did you do drugs because of the memories that got taken?" He's like, "Nah, I'd really like to use that as an excuse, but no, it's just fun." <laughs> I just like drugs. Yeah, yeah. So um, I thought that was really cool. Um, and then that led us back to the loft where they had some pizza. In which Wally sped around and got it faster than Garth. Yeah. Gar. Garth? Garth? Garth. Yeah, it's Garth. I think that's the nickname he says, Gar. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Um, And then the big reveal at the end is there's a magician at a kid's party who all of a sudden is like, oh, look, I'm me again. And he's a bad guy. And I can take you to the moon. And my name's Abracadabra. Yeah. Who is a past villain that we've run into before, but... We'll see where it goes. Yeah, I know nothing about Abracadabra, so whatever. This is this is the part where they were like, I've awoken something. 
And you're like, is it Dr. Manhattan? And then you're yeah. like, nope, it's some shitty fucking villain. Yeah, see, that was the first. I thought we were getting a taste there, and I was like, yeah. oh, it's Dr. Manhattan. And then they're like, nope, fucking abracadabra. I mean, we did get a little bit of a taste in that they did talk about and acknowledge that, that something was skewed. And I think Titans is probably going to be the book that connects those dots more than some of the other books will. I think it kind of needs to be being like Wally West is sort of the the MacGuffin he's, that gets us the, the rebirth. So I, I think if Wally doesn't have a preeminent place in the um, whole reveal process, I'll be kind of pissed off. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. So I think that's where we're gonna we're gonna run into it. It's just this is this is the waiting game that Jim Lee and and Dan Didio talked about. Is they gave us a taste and then they're like, oh, oh. yeah. We're gonna pull it back. That, that was just like the worst cock tease ever, though. They were like, oh, we've awoken something. And I'm like, oh, it's Dr. Manhattan. Or at the very least, it's giant blue cock. Yeah, and then they're like, no, it's uh, it's it's abracadabra. And I was like, I don't give a shit. Whatever. And then a Steve Miller song ran through your head. Yeah. <laughs> and on that note, folks, follow us on Twitter at whatever show. Yeah, facebook.com slash whatever you show if you like Facebook instead. And if you have questions, you can send those to questions at whatever.co. Yeah, and as always, one of the best things you can do for our show and us is uh, go on iTunes, like us, subscribe, etc. Give us a rating uh, and tell your friends about us. You know, send them the iTunes link and subscribe to that. Uh, however, we are available pretty much every podcast uh, player you can find. So, um, Yeah, and we're working on stuff with the iTunes thing um, because we understand that you can only find the most recent, I think, 20 episodes or whatnot. Yeah. And as being as we're on 48, like if you're on iTunes, you might not find our, our older episodes, which admittedly aren't always that great. But yeah, we do have some cool stuff best. in there. Um, the Wolfman episode, I think, has actually been kicked off the list now, which we need to figure out how to get that I back. I really only 20 episodes on the thing. I, I got to have to figure. I'm going to have to figure that out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, either way. Um, we'll get there yeah check it out um there's other good stuff in there if you want to talk really bad shit about this um you can follow eddie on twitter as well at charles e smith yep uh but matt is really where you should take all of your complaints to and that's (laughs) at the brutal one b-r-e-w yep yep see you next week folks bye